Welcome to the first installment hello, of 2021 Pancom Podcast, starring the Freedom Bear, Larry Long Island, and the only one that makes any sense ever, Mike Beltran. I think it's Long Island Larry, That's actually. Right. No, it's, it's Larry Long Island. It's Larry it's, Long Island. I like Larry Listen, Long Island. It's really yeah, okay. whatever the fuck I want to make of it. No. We podcast. came up with the name. Your name's it's on your the sandwich. Pod, it's my name on the butt sandwich. It's your... The bread butt sandwich. It's... Welcome to Pancom Podcast. I already did that. I know, but we're going to introduce the person because you don't like doing this. You just call them Long Island Larry. Larry Carino, today's guest, is the unfortunate soul responsible for being chef... And Chili Cookoff champion Michael Beltran's publicist. Yeah, mm. and uh, I think we should start the podcast by talking about all the memes that Larry has created about me. Oh, that's good. Just two. It's just two. It's just two, but they're solid. Show Nick. Show, Show the people. But I would just on my just, phone. Uh, just refer to it and talk about it, and we'll cut it in in post. Yeah. So basically, um, we're so fancy here. We cut things in. I know. You know. We I do know all the fucking. No, things. I know. I now now you're cutting clips and everything. I'm like they're getting very very professional. That's because people are giving us their money, and we have more money to put to, to all work. the to do all the things, uh, as you do. said. <laughs> so I've had the honor and the pleasure Gosh, of representing up. Michael Beltran now for what two years almost yeah, two years almost wow almost time so, flies with your but anyway flies. there was one week. And I don't know what Mike was doing that week. He's it was because of a things. podcast, and when I reference how little the GMCVB does, and they still do very little. That was the week. That was the that week. That was yeah. the week. So we can refer back to that. You can cut that part back in. If you will check out uh, Pancom Podcast episode number four. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah. So there was that week, which was magic, um, and <laughs> and I got – Probably three calls in a row where everyone started the conversation the exact same way, which is, can we talk about Michael Beltran? And finally, I think after the third call, Mike calls me and I go, I got to tell you something. If one more fucking person calls me and starts the conversation with, can we talk about Michael Beltran? I'm going to kill you or myself. So one of the industrious members of Brussman Carino Public Relations, um, I jokingly said to her, if only there was a meme for this, because I don't make memes. I'm old and square. And she knocked out two just absolute gangbuster memes, including Anthony Fauci. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Over the words. Man of the year. When people ask me, can we talk about Michael Beltran? And I just, they tickled me to no end. And I got to be honest with you, anyone I've shown them to, I, really rave reviews. They all get it. They love it. Yeah. They love it. I so told you, you two years ago when we were courting each other, because we were courting each other for quite some time. There was a courtship. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, it's going to suck being my publicist. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't go that far. That's a little dramatic. He, he, he loves to say to me, you know, that... Um, you know, I must be your worst client, which is ironically or surprisingly not true. Uh, nice. But he's never boring. <laughs> that is that is true. Entertainment value. There 100. is some entertainment value. That's good. You know. Yeah, I just I also and I tell people all the time, I don't make your job easy in the fact that like all the other things that people want to do, I don't want to do any of them. Yeah, well, I mean, when our first meeting was, these are all the things I won't do. And it was a very 
It was a very long list. <laughs> but we have found a way to make it work. Oh! Oh! Okay. Uh, yeah, no, that's cool. Hi! It's Larry! Look at this. See, this is why I come here for the love. Is this actually going into the? Yeah, the we're gonna part? we'll cut that part it's out. It's so we don't, natural. We don't all the, we don't it's want all real. the ladies at BCPR to get jealous. Because Michael Love you. We don't you know we don't need Annabelle and Love Sarah you. and all the other all I mean, the girls, the other 40, um, 20 something year olds that work for you to get mad. Listen, they all love you. Yeah, I mean, they all, they're all fans. I mean, you know, they eat here a good amount. A good amount. Yeah, it's true. A good amount. I should just send their paychecks directly to you. I like this idea. You like? I am for it. I should just direct deposit to the Ariette, not the Ariette Hospitality Oh, group. just mine. Just you, oh, <laughs> I'll just have the my office manager Venmo you directly. Really? Hold on. Let me. I, I got to do the part that I'm actually like very sincere and honest. Oh boy. Yeah. So I, I for a long time, I, I didn't like PR people. Yeah, you told time. me that on our first meeting. First meeting. I, told I you don't that. like PR people. I didn't like PR people. I don't really know if I can trust them. I don't really know. Like, I know what they do, but I don't know if I like what they do. And then, you know, I've had PR people in the past that have tried to, like, ask me to do shit that I, like, it makes no fucking sense to me. Like, I remember once, one was like, so what are you doing this month that's Instagrammable? What? Like, what the fuck does that mean? All our food is Instagrammable. What the fuck? What, are we not splitting a cookie in half? Anyways. You don't so, have enough cheese pulls, Mike. I know. I don't have enough cheese pulls in my life. Actually, and, you may not remember this, but in our first meeting, that was one, you that anecdote you just relayed to me was basically part of the courtship, which was you told me that and basically said, if I, any, if I ever asked you anything remotely like that, that it wasn't going to work out between the two of us. That's and right. I went, I, uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get I it. I mean, I don't know if I've ever mentioned the words, what are you doing this week or this month that's Instagrammable, never. while at the same time having to be conscious of Instagram and its effects. Can I finish? I'm so sorry. Okay. It's my show. It's so, not Pancom Podcast with Larry Carino. No, it's not. It's, it's not. not. My name is not on the sandwich. No. Name. No. This episode of Pancong Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Drew Estate and Master Blender Willie Herrera, who are proud to introduce the Herrera Esteli Miami Cigar. Crafted by Level 9 Cuban Rollers at El Titan de Bronce in Calle Ocho, the complete Herrera Esteli Miami line is expertly rolled with a lavish Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper over a rich Ecuadorian Sumatran binder with select fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. The new look of Herrera Esteli Miami features a black and gold color tone and is available in the following five Vitolas. Nick, tell everyone, what is a Vitola? A Vitola, and by the way, I would like everyone listening to this ad to know, this is the first take, and we're doing very well. <laughs> I am shocked. I have no idea what's going on, and I have to say it's because of the ang anxious coffee that Nick has made. Oh, man. Just wait for the poops. Uh, 
A Vitola, the term Vitola refers to the sizes of the cigars, right? So some of the common ones that people hear are Robusto and Corona and mm. Churchill. Uh, those are all terms for Vitolas. The five Vitolas that Just, the... I want to interrupt you because it's not always about the size of the cigar. That's true. It is the type of cigar. So tell them. That's true. So the five the five Vitolas that, uh, that Herrera Tele comes in are Herrera Tele Miami Robusto Grande. Five by fifty. Should we go with like uh, anglicized pronunciations? Is it a, for because your name is on the sandwich? Is this a robusto grande or a robusto grande? I mean, it depends. How do you feel like our listeners in Salina would feel? I want them to feel like it's robusto grande. Bueno, that's a good vitola. So robusto grande, which is a five by fifty. By the way, for the uninitiated, five by fifty means it is five inches long and fifty sixty fourths of an inch in diameter. So uh, close to 5'6". So just you have p- painting a picture here in your mind. Robusto Grande, which is a 5x50. Toro Especial, which is 6x52. Lonsdale Deluxe, a 6 by 44 Piramide Fino, 6 by 54 Short Corona Gorda, which is 5 and 3 quarters by 48 This cigar is exclusive to Drew Diplomat Retailers. For more information, you can visit Drew Estate. Dot com that's d r e w estate dot com or follow them at, at drew estate cigar on Instagram Facebook and Twitter Mike you had this cigar I know that you're a Drew Estate fan I am a Drew Estate fan I'm very glad that they've come on as a partner as a general rule I want to make sure that to the extent that we can and we've pulled this off so far we're only partnering with people and taking money from people whose products we're actually into. Like Santos. Uh, absolutely like Santos Sangria. Santos Sangria. I, I, I actually have told them, like, I'll, listen, I'll give you an ad because I'm out of Santos Sangria. Right. Uh, I have to say that um, after going through this ad, one of the things that sticks out to me the most is how very much I feel like this is softcore Cinemax porn at 11 o'clock. Explain to everyone a rich Ecuadorian <laughs> Sumatran binder, how that doesn't sound... Very sexual. Listen, I, I don't know that the people at Drew Estate would object to our <laughs> selling not. them as a sexual product. Yeah. Uh, but in case anybody's curious about what that even means, so Ecuadorian Sumatran binder. So I, Sumatran is not a style of... That's the thing. Of sexual style. It's not a sexual style. Got it. I mean, although it depends, some people do sexual things with their cigars. All right. Listen, you open this door. Man, we fucked this ad up already. <laughs> Jeez. No, but, uh, but Ecuadorian Sumatran. That might sound confusing to people who know their geography because Ecuador and Sumatra are both places. It is a Sumatran binder, meaning that it is a variety of tobacco uh, named for Sumatra, but it was grown in Ecuador. And you see this a lot in cigars where you have a, an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. Uh, which means that it's a uh, Connecticut tobacco variety, but grown in Ecuador. People who listen to this podcast are going to hear a smoke. Pretty soon, we're going to have Willie Herrera, the master blender, on as a guest on the podcast. Uh, if you're curious about cigars, that is definitely one you want to tune in for. I have to say that I, I smoke a pretty good wide range of cigars, and I, I gravitate towards Drew Estate a lot. I mm-hmm. think that the consistent how consistent and good those cigars are is like very rare. And we've talked about that a lot. Like, you know, sometimes you'll get a cigar and then it'll be great. And then you go back to get it like six months later and it's just not as good. I've never had that experience with Drew Estate stuff. And it's like, I I don't know. I've, I've been a fan for a long time, way before they started paying me to say I was a fan. (laughs) Way before. No, it's true. Yeah. 
It's true. No, we've been to cigar shops together more than once. You've pointed out Drew Estate things. But that's what I I I smoked that, and that's awesome. The red label uh, Herrera Estili, I smoke every week. Yeah, yeah. Every week, it'll be the first, like, you know, when I go to one of these places, I'll go, that's the first thing I grab, and then I'll go into something else second if I decide to smoke two or three that day. So I'm glad you brought that up because I want to make a distinction here. You you referenced the the one that has the the red red label label on it. Red and gold, yeah. And that's the core Herrera Estili. Which is made in Esteli. Esteli is uh, the Nicaraguan sort of capital of cigar making. The Herrera Esteli Miami that we've been talking about is actually made, and this is referenced in the copy that we read, but El Titan de Bronce in, in Little Havana. Uh, so this is also a cigar that you want to go after. And I remember I, I uh, passed this along to one of our friends in the uh, social media sphere who was putting together a list of local businesses. And I said, ah. like, hey, you might want to check out El Titan de Bronce. Uh, and El Titan in Little Havana is not just in Miami, but in the country, one of a very, very small number of American cigar factories that actually distribute all over the place. So it's cool that, you know, uh, that this is a product that people everywhere have access to. Um, and, and it comes from a small factory in Miami that has a, a very good reputation, not just all over the country, but all over the world. Somebody gave me one of these Miami ones for Christmas. So it was delicious. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so, again, this cigar is exclusive to Drew Estate, uh, to Drew Diplomat Retailers. For more information, DrewEstate.com or follow them, Drew Estate Cigar on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We expect sales to go up 20% after this ad. I might cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So, Sorry. you know, we went through this whole thing, and I talked to a lot of people about you, and a lot of people had, like, great things to say, um, which you should feel, because everyone I asked was people like me that are always pessimistic. Yeah. So, and I said, you know what? I mean, if we're going to do PR, I guess the only person that I would trust the fate of all these things would be with Larry. And then it was, like, a solid, like, six months mm-hmm. of, like, me really, like, drilling things into you guys. Of just like, I won't do this, I won't do that, this is fine, can we do this? And, and it was like, I mean, we met a lot in those first six months, right? And I have to say, not only have you been a great publicist, you have been a great source of knowledge and advice and just overall friendship, and it's been... A very I, and I know I, I kind of I feel like it's a frat. I pay you to be my friend, but I feel like we're past that. So that this is why I'm okay with having my publicist on the podcast. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean it, it's been. What can I say? But thank you. That's very nice to hear. I, it's like, um, and we've talked about this so much. Like the, the world of food is like such a blurry line now. Like mm-hmm. editors are influencers, influencers are editors, and. Uh, uh, people are you know getting paid to post about things that we're not sure and then there's publicists that are bigger on themselves than they are about their client oh sure and then there's like uh pr companies that are based out of other cities that have no idea what even the miami food scene is like and then and then you have larry and his motley crew that i mean you've been doing this for how long 25 years 25 years here in miami and anyone that i speak to either new or old all know your work and all know the kind of work that you do and it's like I think me just being uh, your friend I think that is something that you should be very proud of 
listen, it's uh, one of the things that is very, and this is not smoke up your ass, but it is truth in terms of what this job has meant to me because I was a 20-year-old kid who took a job that didn't realize it was going to become a career because I literally got the job when I was 20 years old. And um, the relationships that I have made have not only been what has allowed me to pay the bills over the years and build the practice, etc., but also have a really nice life. Um, you know, people that I love working with, people that I respect. That's not to say that you and I ever always get along or that I'm always getting along with my clients. It's not about that, but it's about respect and having a relationship. But thank you for that. And I'm happy to be here tonight. I mean, am I the only, let me ask this question. Am I the only guest who has done both Tea Time no, no. with Mike and Mike and this? No, no. No? No. I was hoping the answer was yes because I needed an ego stroke. Oh, Danny Surfer. Oh, fuck Danny. John Falco. John Falco. John Falco was on Tea Time? Shit, I don't even remember that. All, my only, I have flashbacks of Tea Time and it's always of just Mike talking. John Falco's Tea Time was the first time I saw you drink anything. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, you only had a little bit because you were being polite to him. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm doing this because the uh, power cord doesn't stretch any farther. This is so good. Yeah, it's very good. This is like, it's really, it's pretty special. Larry, let me ask you. Is a hot dog a sandwich? I listened to... You gotta, you gotta put the thing closer right, to your face. Put a little thing. Fist. Right, the thing. Yeah. Fist it. I listened to the Ask Mike Anything episode. And as you know, I texted you at one point where I was like, the George Clooney movie is up in the air. But, of oh. course, you Googled it. Because um, of technology. Oh, I yes. Knew it. I knew it. But... A hot dog is most assuredly not a sandwich. It is not a sandwich. A taco is not a sandwich. I really was appalled by the conversation. Why? It's not because it's so, to me, Don't be appalled. Flipped. That's the problem with society now. You can't be appalled by just having a conversation. I'm not Go trying on. to cancel anybody. I was just yelling at my... It my, sounds like you're I was, trying to be I like was yelling at my, my. I was yelling at the dashboard of my car as I listened while I died a minute at a time in traffic, going, no, a taco is not a sandwich, <laughs> you idiots. No. And then meanwhile, who was the guy who walked in? He's like... Justin. Yeah, oh, was that, it was Justin. Yeah, That's yeah. right. And I was like, yes, he's right. It's not. And the whole thing of you have to split the bread... Is a sub technically a sandwich because the bread is still in one piece? Right. No, it's a sandwich. A sub it, is not a sandwich. It's a sub. No, a sub, it's a submarine sandwich. It's a submarine sandwich. Yeah, Thank I you, Nicholas. Semantics. But I'm just saying. Semantics. I'm just. I'm, I'm a publicist. Let me tell you something. Semantics matter. Yeah, that's what I say. Thank you, Nicholas. Is that what you say? Words have meanings. Words have meanings. <laughs> Words matter. So here's. I, I did think a lot about this. I love that I'm doing this. Yeah, it's uh, so good. I gave a lot of thought to the sandwich thing, and I, I want to amend my definition. I think that the split needs to be on at least three sides of the bread. That's a, that is but a good... But it doesn't have to be four. We, we will accept this amendment and put it through process and see if it actually sticks. Because this disqualifies pitas. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. But uh, is a gyro a sandwich? Oof. It's a wrap. No, it's yeah, a wrap. It's, it's, it's a wrap. wrap. It's not a sandwich. Thank you. That's it's a wrap. The it's bread wrap. has to be split. It also needs to be bread, and a gyro is not bread. It's pita bread. Yeah. Uh, it's pita bread. Semantics, Michael. I'm just saying, it's, it's pita bread. bread. It's pita bread. It's pita bread. I, yeah, I don't know. I like, I, I, I would like to start uh, this podcast by saying I had an hour-long conversation yesterday with Nick's sister. 
because Nick's sister was up in arms about our whole sandwich taco conversation. She was passionate about it? She was passionate about it. I mean, she's like a food scientist, right? This is technically what she does? She is a food scientist, and she's wrong about all of this. Yeah. Well, everything I, I loved everything about that conversation because, one, she said, don't poke the freedom bear, Nick, which I thought was... Hilarious. I said to him, at least he's a bear. Yeah. I mean, I mean at least it's an depends impressive crowd, animal. Yeah, it's not the freedom rabbit. Depends which crowd of people you're talking to when you say bear. Hey, no this matter what true. crowd, it's impressive. <laughs> you know what? That's very true. That's very true. It's 2021, guys. Anything is possible. Be a bear. Be, right. be a bear. If you're going to be a bear, be a freedom bear. Be a bear. If you're going to be a bear, be a freedom Roar. <laughs> and she was just very against the fact what was it? Uh, what were her points? There was so many. I mean, she went on and off on a tangent, but she said, "Here's what she." I, what, I can but tell the, you. What really appalled me is she said, "Oh, I thought you, you just you just you got upset at me for being appalled." No, you're you right. were appalled. I am appalled. You're I am appalled. appalled because she said, "How dare you, savages, for putting a hot dog in Wonder Bread?" Oh, who hasn't? I know, but everyone at this table is a little hefty. So it's totally acceptable. Well, you are less hefty than once upon a time. Big, beautiful men. Bears. Yeah. Bears. <laughs> this has gone totally <laughs> south. A bunch of BBM. This is totally south. Just a bunch of bears in a podcast. No, and, and, and my response was, well, the package of hot dog buns comes with eight. The package of hot dogs comes with ten. So what do you do for the other two? It's the great she injustice said, of hot dogs. She, she, said, she said, and I said, how dare you? She said, put it in pasta, put it in rice, it doesn't matter. And put I it said, in pasta? Said, put it in pasta. Never. What? As my you're mo- more appalled about putting a hot dog on Wonder, Wonder Bread, Bread than you're putting a hot dog in pasta? As my mother would have said, may she rest, I would rather die. Yeah? I would rather die, dot, dot, dot. And I would rather die than put hot dogs with pasta. I said, tell an Italian person that. No. And then I explained to her. Have you ever experienced a foldy? You know what a foldy is? The foldy. Folding. Yeah, we're big guys. So I thought everyone would know what a foldy is. A foldy is like, let's say whatever the situation is, you're going in to make a sandwich. You've okay. done all the setup. You got the bread. You got the stuff. You got the things. You got the spread. You're all set up. So you know the idea of the sandwich is you're either going to grill it you're gonna, or you're going to toast the bread in the toaster and then you're going to smear and you're going to do things. Now... You're going into making a sandwich because you are hungry. You walk into the situation with hunger, right? Yes. So what you do is you make a foldy. It's like an appetizer. So is you this get the one, one slice of bread? You get one slice of bread. With the meat and your... your with s- the meat and the spread. I and you know don't it, toast. I didn't know it had a name. It's a foldy. So this is like... It's an appetizer this for the sandwich. This is the sandwich before the sandwich. It's a sandwich, but it's technically an appetizer for the sandwich. Foldy. A foldy. I just thought I was a fat fuck. No, I didn't realize. No, no, I didn't How realize dare you that say I had, those things about yourself. I just, I just thought I just couldn't wait for the sandwich. I no, didn't know I was exercising you, my this rights. Is like, this is a common thing. Have you ever that heard of every, a foldy? Yes. You, you ever heard of a foldy sandwich, Jamal? Foldy sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Get out of here. Just, <laughs> he knows what a fucking foldy is. He's, he's just, just agreeing because he just he's, he's done for the day. He said he's no. He said no. no. He said no. no. But what I'm saying is, and then I explained the foldy to her, and, and, she, and she said, your point makes sense, but it you still doesn't make sense. Going? Keep the fold going here? Is it, hey, no, she's British. I'm not, I'm not going gonna, gonna to go there with her, no. She's British. She is. I'm just, she does. She's you know what a foldy sandwich is? 
Yeah, I'm telling you, she may know, but she doesn't know. All she's gonna say is like, "You damn Americans" or some shit like that. I think you're making shit up. Yeah. So you go to make a sandwich. See what I'm saying? (laughs) It it is. You go to make a sandwich, and while you're making a sandwich, you grab one piece of bread. It could be the the ends of the bread, and you stuff it with the stuff you're gonna make sandwiches. So you need a full. See? A what? Come here to the. You gotta say it. A butty. A butty. Because <laughs> it's like a butt, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, a butt. Yeah. Oh, so, like you see? Shot. Yeah, it's like a thing. Okay. Thank you. But does it have to be with the butt of the bread for it to be a buddy? No. It's a folded piece of bread. See? Oh, because the others. Okay, I'm thinking the. the so now, but wait. The other side. So your 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 argument for is it a sandwich or not has makes no sense now because it's sandwich bread, but it's folded. I say that's not a sandwich. It's a sandwich. You're using sandwich bread. But it wasn't split. It's a See? It's, it's a, a buddy. It's, it's a, a buddy. But it's, it's not a, a buddy sandwich. It's a buddy. It's not a buddy sandwich. It's semantics. <laughs> <laughs> Governor, it's semantics. But, oh, man. But Thanks let me tell you, it's a lot closer to a sandwich than, a, than a hot the dog. words have no meaning. It's semantics is the way out. Yeah, semantics. it's always the way out. There's always a way out. Semantics. You amended your whole thing from S at AMA. It's an amendment. It's, I, I, yeah, but it hasn't passed. There's people on the floor. They've taken over. No, hold on. I'm amending my... I am my own floor. <laughs> you are your own floor. This, I am my oh, floor. Man, He's his Nick, own coup. Today, is, his own today coup. is a day for Nick. Today is Nick's day. It's, it's absolutely it's not my day. Today is Nick's day to it's say people, how it's people dumb embracing, everything it's, is. It's, a people, yeah. it's people embracing their freedom. and you know, Yeah, he's the freedom bear. He's the freedom bear. So There's it makes nothing freedom about any of what's happening today. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. No. They're free to act badly. Anyway, so we've discussed Nick doesn't think a foldy sandwich is a sandwich. It is a foldy sandwich. It's on the sandwich bread. You're making it while you make a sandwich. It's a it's a bastardization of a sandwich, let's be perfectly frank. Like, if you ate that, if that was your lunch, just that, you wouldn't necessarily say I had a sandwich. Oh, Maybe man, I, you would. I eat those all the time. It's Usually not, weed isn't. Is that a, was it a crunch wrap? What is the shit from oh, Taco crunch Bell? Crunchwrap Supreme. Let's not get into that. That's not a sandwich. That's a Crunchwrap Supreme. That's its own genre. I have yet to enjoy. No, nah, but you don't enjoy them. You have to make them. Because they suck now. I got to make a Crunchwrap Supreme? You do. How many have you made? Have you had that suck? Oof, my last four. Yeah? Yeah, it's bad. Taco Bell, if you're listening, just like a Sembrador, if you're all listening, you guys suck. How many times <laughs> are you going to go back and be disappointed? I. But you know? Every time you're just like, maybe now's, maybe they maybe got it together. Maybe now's the time. We all had it's that. It's like one. a bad relationship. We you're had like the one. A, we had the one. Everyone had the one. You, had a, you have a bad, an unhealthy relationship with Taco Bell. Maybe yeah. now is the time that maybe it's I need not to abusive. face it. Maybe I need to face it. <laughs> you too. I'm the battered wife of Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I am the battered wife. If Taco Bell, if you're listening, I'm, I I, don't I have him, to let you go. Don't take him away, officer. He's a good man. Just. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a part of the episode that we start talking about Larry. Oh fuck! I know. Oh boy! You've had a loaded day. It's been a full day. It's been a full day. For I mean, everyone. a regular day of PRing, you know, and then you know, civil unrest. And I and then here I am, and here I am. I'm, I'm trying to get Jesus closer. Christ. Jesus Christ! I feel like Nick right now. It's like talking to the microphone. Well, Nick is the one with the cans on his ears. You should tell me if the sound is not. Nick does have some nice cans. It, you know? No, don't be. Ru- I I people need to hear the mellifluous voice. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's been a loaded day. Today is January sixth. A lot, has hap- a lot has happened in six days. Yeah, what I tell everyone, this is just a small extention of 2020. And, you know, this you is the go, director's cut of you 2020. Ha- 
Mad Max was set in 2020. I know. 2021. I saw that. 2021. I saw that. So we're all on. We're on all part. on brand. We're all. We're good. We're good. So Larry, where are you from? Born and raised in Miami. Oh yeah. Born and raised in Miami. Uh, from well, born in Miami, raised by a family of Brooklyn Italians, half Italian, half Jewish. Which I bring that up specifically. Because you guys on a former episode did an impression of me and made me Listen, sound... You do an impression of me every day. Every, every Literally. Every day. L- this clear, it was an impression of you doing an impression of Mike. That was it. It was like, it was very meta. It was me yeah. pretending to be Mike. It was Mike pretending to be me pretending to be him. It's very, very strange. It was very j- being John Malkovich. But, um, yes, so raised by a bunch of Brooklyn Italians in Miami Shores. Which, but, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you here in please. case that comes up again. Please do not do your impression of Mike because that's what we're going to make people pay for on yeah. Patreon. That's on the Patreon? Yeah. we got that get, for OnlyFans? We've decided in 2021 we may try to start making some money. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I was wondering if it was going to come up, but I'll keep it in the, I'll keep yeah. it in the vault. I'll keep it in the vault. Oh, am I supposed to talk now? No, no you yeah. okay, come on. I, you were in the I, middle I, of the thing. No, you, your text you messages. things up. Your text messages are very important. I'm ordering another round of drinks. Oh, is that what's going on? You want to know? No, it's all three. I think he was ordering more tilapia. For... Oh, my God. Let's not get me going on fucking. Come on. I'm so sorry. Brooklyn, Italian Brooklyn, thing, Brooklyn, thing Brooklyn, gone. Brooklyn. Please. How did you end up here and somehow dealing with me? Basically, long story short, ended up here is that uh, middle class, uh, half Italian, half Jewish kid uh, gets a job at 20 years old working for Susan Brussman, who started the firm. Which um, is a peach. I love who Susan. Is, and she, you are one of the rare people that Susan loves as well. I don't understand why, but I love that. Because she loves your food. Oh, that's good. And she loves that you basically don't take any shit. I love that, too. And she is also, to be perfectly frank, what's ironic is now that you bring it up is that there were many times, because I worked for that woman for many years, and without her, I wouldn't be here. But I very much got, I should have had, this is before the days of memes, where I would have had a meme of when people <coughs> call me saying, can we ask, can we talk about Susan Brussman? Oh, yeah. Because she, this is a woman who, as amazing as she was at PR, had gotten clients so aggravated that one time she got one guy so pissed off, he threw his phone into a lake and then was even more furious because now his phone was gone. Well, that's his own fault. That's his own fault. But he was so agitated with her because she pissed him off. I'm with Susan. And this is why you two are simpatico. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, the the point being is she gave me a job 20 years ago and uh, I was lucky enough to come up in the industry, fall in love with PR, but I fell in love with PR because we work with chefs, restaurants, food and beverage. We weren't doing PR for banks, no offense, to people who do PR for banks or lawyers or doctors. Banks do PR? Everybody does PR. Fundamentally, or can. But the idea of trying to do that kind of what they call B2B, business to business PR, I don't know how I would get up every morning. I at least get to work with fun, creative people, and there's great perks, and there's some fun. But um, and that is how we ended up at some point, you know, meeting you over the years at different events. Hey, chef, how are you? Big fan, blah blah blah. And then one day you calling and saying you want to get together and have lunch, and can we talk? And that was it. And that was what about almost two years ago. Um. Yes. And you telling me all the things you wouldn't do. 
if I asked you to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, wouldn't you rather start a relationship just knowing what I'm not Oh, everything was on the table. And I think I remember going back to the office. I go, how was lunch? I said, lunch was great. I go, he's going to be a handful if this happens. Yeah. And I, did, I called it. But... What do you mean been you a, called it? I called it. I was like, he's gonna, you are, you are such a, it's easy going. Easy going. Easy going. Yeah. So smooth. I know. I know. So in those, I mean, 25 years? 25 years. When did you become a partner? Because it's called Brussman and now Carino. Now it's Brussman Carino. Susan's name is still on it. Much respect. Um, I became a partner. I think I became VP first and then eventually became a partner probably about... 10 years ago because I was still in my 30s God I'm old and then um, thank, I'm holding it together yeah um, and then eventually you know Susan basically one day called me and it was like in a, in a relationship when someone says to you where is this going <laughs> which is a great which is usually a very stress inducing conversation but um, the conversation was I think I see a path for her where I want to step out and where do you see yourself and that's where it started and it wasn't an easy transition she and I actually fought a great deal during that period but right. there was always respect but probably about eight years ago is when I took over the agency eight years ago give or take yeah oh yeah yeah so, so and then it became Brussman Carina what was that the the moment that you like took over what was that like like um did you feel like I'm going to I need to change X, Y and Z or I want to do X, Y and Z? Because then, you know, you've worked for someone for so long. Mm -hmm. And obviously, as much respect for a person that you work for, you still want to change certain things. Sure. What was that like? I would say that the things that I wanted to change were very minimal. And the reason being is because there was so much, you know, I know a lot of people whose stories are. And being a PR guy, the one thing I think that I fundamentally fell in love with PR is because fundamentally it's storytelling. And the one thing I always wanted to do was write, to tell stories. Stories don't matter anymore. But go on. I, listen, I live for stories. I live to tell them. I live to hear them. I, until they put me in the box, it's what gets me up every day. Okay? <laughs> I could give, to be perfectly honest, if people give less of a shit about hearing them, hearing those stories, then that's on them. So... With, with with the aspect of what Susan did was that, you know, you hear the stories of people who they started with a company and then they realized they wanted to strike out on their own and they wanted to do it differently and they wanted to innovate and wanted this. And that's not to say that it didn't change things. But Susan had created such a wonderful environment that other than a couple rare moments where I thought to myself, is there something else for me? There was never anything where I said, I want to go and do this, but I want to do it my way. Because right. the way that Susan had sort of built an agency and the vibe in the place and the fact that she's an ex-hippie. Oh, yeah? I mean, her no I love her. She ex-hippie, hung around with the beat poets, was part of like the electric Kool-Aid acid test and was in the L.A. underground journalism. Like her stories are astounding. And she created an environment where it wasn't corporate and it was very fun, but it was very serious. But at the same time, when I would, as is my want, to start to have a heart attack about something where Susan would say, it's PR, it's not ER. Calm down. <laughs> okay. I like that. All right. So when 
it became time for me to take over. There were things that I wanted to change. There were different styles of clients that I wanted to work with that she would have been, this isn't for us. And I thought that there was value, but it wasn't. Monetary or fundamentally? Fundamentally. And not in the sense that I think that we should start representing things that were, whether it was beneath us or off brand, but where I said, listen, we can't just focus on this, this, and this. We need to branch out a little bit for the good of the company, for the good, for longevity, for growth, for survival, et cetera. In the same way that a chef would say, this is the kind of food we're doing, but can't we do some other things to keep it interesting, to mix it up a little bit? And so there were things like that that I did. But fundamentally, the bones of what she built were so great. I was like, what am I going to do? Go out to build something that's very similar to this? So when the opportunity came to take over, she built that thing with no money at a coffee, at a dining room table. Mm. I didn't have to do that. Right. I got to learn from her and grow and then take on this thing that already had a life of its own. That's Point- why I say without her, there would be no me. That's great. I mean, I grew it and I went in different directions, but she she started the whole thing. 25 years ago, you take on a new client. What's the first thing you do? Well, Today, no, tw- 20 years old, she wouldn't even let me talk to clients. Okay. So whenever you started to do that, talk to clients. Talk to clients. I don't know, 15 years ago or 10 years ago, whatever. whatever yeah, let's say, let's say probably, yeah, maybe about eight years in, you so know. Eight years in, you take on a new client. What is it that you do first? Now... You take on a new client. What is the fundamental difference between what you did at that time to what you do now? Oh, Jesus. Well, I would say one of the biggest things is one of the biggest things is that the fundamentals are still there in terms of what we're supposed to deliver for the clients, but all the mediums and the outlets and the this, and I mean, listen, again, I'm 25 years in. We used to, I I was stuffing envelopes and mailing out press releases. We had to do a a distribution of a press release through fax machines. I mean, the people that I work with now, you talk about archaic. They hit a button and it goes to 600, 6,000 people, et cetera, et cetera. The way that we have to approach everything is so fundamentally different now. And the media world is so fundamentally different. There's so many different platforms. There's podcasts there's well there's not even so much blogs anymore that was the precursor but there's the social blogs media. you have to read exactly right Th- that was but that was the advent of blogs was that first step towards where we are today with instagram mm-hmm. and twitter and all of that shit right but um to me now things have changed from a practical standpoint but when i talk to a client it's really mostly about what is it that you're trying to accomplish? What are your visions? Accomplish. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to make money. You're trying to put asses and seats and money in the cash register. But how are we going to do that is the different conversation versus how are we going to do that back then? How many people are more interested in awards than they are between actual financial gain? I think fundamentally everyone is interested in financial gain because you can't pay bills with awards. But... If I had a dollar for everyone who thought that they deserved a James Beard Award, I'd be very wealthy. And that is not to say that there are people that are deserving. You and I have had a good many conversations about James Beard Awards. We don't have Michelin stars yet to to discuss in Miami one day. But 
what I try to be is at least a voice to, yes, that is important. I'm not downplaying that. But what else can we do and what else can be accomplished that would benefit you other than just trying to get you a James Beard Award? Mm. Because to be perfectly frank, ego and PR are so intrinsically connected. And as you know yourself as a chef and being a creative person, whether you're a musician or a chef or an artist or a DJ or whatever, ego plays a very big part. Why am I not bigger than I am? Why am I not on that magazine cover and this loser is? And why is it? This is all part of it. You know, uh, I think the most valuable lesson from 2020 was Mm. when everyone or anything that had awards and whatever, it just didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. The thing came for all of us. Yeah. It it didn't care who you were, how many awards you have, how much money you have. No. It came for everybody. Yeah. And it's like, and I've had this conversation exhaustingly the last three days because of extra things but you know a goal of mine was to be nominated and i got nominated and then a month later a month later or a month and a half later the world pretty much shut down yep and none of that even mattered what Mm -hmm. mattered was survival what mattered was my people what mattered was health what mattered was so many other things so if anyone can take anything out of the year, it's perspective. Because those awards and those stars mean absolutely fucking nothing. Congratulations, your plaque is standing, is not standing. Congratulations, your plaque is on the wall of a shuttered restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is at least the type of perspective that I've always tried to, to give to clients. And it's not necessarily just about awards, but in terms of things like reviews and this that and the other i'm not discounting the importance i would be an idiot to do so not from a business standpoint but from a common sense standpoint but let's look at big picture here to me it's smaller picture than big picture the smaller picture is i don't need someone else to tell me that i'm good at my job but you want the award though yeah one it would be nice it would be nice i don't i don't say that that is my like one day, when I'm six feet under, that award is not going to be with me. It's not the plaque is going to stay on the wall. Right. If the restaurant's still open, those things don't matter to me. What matters to me, and something that I've thought a lot, a lot about, especially in the last six days, and I don't know why, and I guess because life has been extra heavy, but it's been the influence or the yeah, the influence I can have on the people around me. Can I, if, like, instill something in them that they didn't have before? Can mm-hmm. I affect them? Uh, can I do something for them that would then maybe they do for someone else in, you know, 10, 15 years? Or I don't know. To me, that's really what matters. And, yeah, it's not the sexy idea. It's not the competitive idea because I'm incredibly competitive. You don't say. Fuck off. But in reality, what I mean, you have to come to that moment that it's like, what really matters to me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, awards are cool and they would be nice. But really, it's like my people around me. Can I show them something that they didn't know that they had or that I know that they don't know mm-hmm. that they didn't have before? Mm-hmm. And then they show someone else and so on and so on and so on. And that, to me, is really the most important thing. I just, 
egos are huge in this fucking business. Fucking gigantic. And, you know, I think people, uh, a, lot, a lot of people say that I have a huge ego. And I don't. I'm just very opinionated. And that doesn't equal to ego. To me, what matters the most, and I think the perspective that 2020 gave me, was that people, the influence you have on people, that human capital aspect is the award that you should be given in life. I don't know. It's like, and for you as a PR person, I can sure it's been exhausting. Like, and for two years that we've worked together, we've talked about the beards. We've talked about Michelin star. We've talked about things. We've talked about how many things don't make sense. And I don't know. I've eaten at restaurants with James Beard, best new chef or rising star chef that fucking sucked. That were fucking dreadful Mm -hmm. from the service to the experience, to the food, to everything. But it's the popular pick. And for me, I don't care. I told him the meal was not good. <laughs> like I, I don't care which way you slice that shit. It just wasn't good. So, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, I think that's a deeper conversation that people should have with themselves. Like, and, and and don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that goals for me don't like. I don't hope for awards one day. But right. it, it doesn't equal success. And the more chefs that realize that, the more they'll be they'll they will be prepared to have a fruitful career. I have gotten into any number of conversations, sometimes arguments with clients. And listen, we represent a a great variety of different, whether it's a liquor brand or it's a food brand. I mean, you know. We're looking for a liquor sponsor if you're trying to get in there. Let's see what I can do. See what I can do. Um, But uh, is anyone making batch Long Islands? Because maybe I can bring them. I can bring them to the table. If they name it after you, we'll do the ad for free. I'm on board. I'm on board. We'll do the ad for free. I won't even take a commission. But um, I... It's for free. It's for free. (laughs) That one's a freebie. Yeah. Um, But where I have gotten into arguments with clients, particularly when you talk about chef operators who were, in my opinion, so much hung up on... And I say this as the publicist. They were so much hung up on all of that where I said at some point... You're more concerned about these things, and that's not to say that they don't have import and could potentially lead to greater sales or ambassadorships, or you could have a deal with Kikuman soy sauce, and that's all good stuff, and I know that you want it, and I'm here to make that happen, but when was the last time you actually went into the kitchen and cooked something? You know, because I've been in your restaurant three times in the last month, and I got to be honest with you, it's not as good as it used to be. So why don't you let me do this and you know that I care about your success and I'm not suggesting that you not care about these things, but I feel like you're putting way more importance on your medallions and your medals and your this than the stuff that you're serving to your guests. Because I'm telling you that the restaurant is suffering while you're in a Twitter fight with somebody. Oh, Twitter fights are fun. Well, I've never been in one and I never will be, but... It's a thing, but the point is being not, and this was, that wasn't sort of a sideways, uh, you know, um, attack on anyone, but it was just the, the idea of Who are you where attacking? are you put exactly, where are you putting the energy? And the first thing has to be, and I have to believe this, or I really don't want to do this job anymore, which is what makes a place, when you're talking about a chef or a restaurant, what makes it a place that people love? Yeah. 
It's food. It's hospitality. It's the vibe. It's the this Tulum it's, vibes. It's, but it's 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 it's. Uh, shout it, out to Ryan. Shout Pfeffer. out to Ryan Pfeffer. But it's 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 about when people fall into. I love this surprising the lighting thing. Welcome really to good. area. It's where great. the budget is very low. The budget is very low, but it's really it's surprising. <laughs> the lights go on. The lights go off. Um, but you know it's it's it, what is what is it that people go to restaurants for. Other than uh, other than the places that listen, listen, twenty twenty one. Listen, I'm not other than sure anyway. other than the places that people go to because they want to take a photo of themselves going to the place. What are you doing? That's Instagrammable, isn't it? Thank you. Versus famous last words. My famous last, last words. Person. So, if that and and to be perfectly honest, that's not to say that everything that I've ever represented ever has been. The top of the top. 25 years, you have a very varied client list. But the fact of the matter is, I do try to align myself with things that at least I respect and put my name on. Everyone's got the burrata salad. I say this all the time. It's you a good. Got, you guys have burrata salads too. It's a good dish. Yeah, I know. It's a good dish. Who doesn't like a good burrata? What I'm saying is that burrata is an easy sell. So for you guys, you guys have to have easy sales too, because no matter what, no matter which way you slice it, business is business. And you business is business. Exactly bills. right. Exactly. And right. I don't care. Like I tell people that shit all the time. No matter what the fuck happens, business is business, and you still got to pay rent, you still got to pay payroll, you still got to pay all. And those burrata salads are helping pay the bills. That's right. That's just right. like the pastrami short rib. I fucking can't stand the pastrami short rib anymore. How Only many times it. have you gonna? Pl- it's like the Rolling Stones. How many times do I have to play Satisfaction? Right. They paid the ticket price. They right. want to hear Satisfaction. That's why every time I talk to my guys, I'm like, "Yeah, the pastrami short rib is amazing. It's it, amazing. It's very good. Uh, it is very good. But you know, after five years, it's exhausting." What I'm saying is, like, oh, I had a great point. Okay. I had a great question. <laughs> I had a great question. I'm actually going to revert back to a question I asked you 18 months ago. Oh, wow. Is the birth of the influencer the death of true media? True journalism. True journalism? Yeah. I think it's giving social media far more credit than it deserves mm-hmm. to say that it is the death of. Oh, your answer has changed. De- death is a very strong word. Agreed. Death is a very strong word. Has the advent of social media damaged any number of things in this country? Absolutely. Yes. Does that include up to and including journalism? Absolutely. For sure. And I and anyone can say any number of things. And that's not to say that social media can't have a positive or valuable effect and can do very good things and bring fun and enjoyment. Sure. You know my personal feelings about social media. You know that I'm not the biggest fan. Yeah. Or it's not part of my personal life. I just want to interject here. Please. Because we're it seems like we're using influencer and social media interchangeably. Fair. And they're different things. That so is, he's that's at, fine. Nick, he, Nick is right. This is where the freedom Nick, bear is absolutely this correct. Is where, okay, so social media, and then, and then just to not interrupt you a second time, I'll throw in a question that maybe you'll in, in, insert here because now we're talking. I love that you have to because like, then you're using journalism. Over, yeah, because then you're using journalism and media interchangeably. No, so, you're right. You're, so that's then, good. It's very I, good. I think the original question is the birth of, of the influencer, influencer, the death of true journalism. And so then the next, my question becomes. 
to which field has the influencer done more damage? Journalism Whoa. or advertising? We have added a whole layer. Can you I wait, journalism. Can you talk I, in my opinion, my so opinion, can... journalism. I'm just going to pretend right here. Because social, because influencers ca- can be, love this look, uh, influencers can be and and basically are there to, in some way, shape, or form, can be there to augment advertising. You can pay a social media influencer to do paid sponsorship, etc. And Mike and I have had any number of conversations about sort of the intrinsic, the implicit or non-implicit quid pro quo of I'm hosting you so I want this on your Instagram or Facebook, whatever the case may be. I think that fundamentally, though, there will always be, and I'd like to think that there will always be an appetite for actual journalism, however you define it. Agreed. But has that, let's say, has the appetite for that diminished somewhat? I would say yes. I think that the majority of journalism that's gotten the most love has all been hit pieces. You know, like they've just been destroying things. And because the world is enamored by destruction instead of things that feel nice, Mm -hmm. not everyone watches a Hallmark channel. And that's exactly like, you know, the bringing down of Mission Chinese, which, yeah, they were fucked up. The, this la- the latest uh, article by the, uh, the, the person that was wronged by David Chang in Eater, I think it was, mm-hmm. right? Didn't we talk about that? I mean, she worked for David Chang for six months, and she talked about it to a point. And listen, I get it. it was, but it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Maybe the guy's changed. And listen, yeah. I don't like David Chang. Like, I've said that a million times. I don't like David Chang. I don't like what he does. I don't like how he does it or how he talks about it. I don't like any of that shit. Half the time, the shit he says makes no fucking sense to me. And I'm not standing up for the guy. But at the same time, it was a fucking hit piece. You know, and it's like more and more in journalism, the things that you see that stick are just hit pieces. No one wants to hear the feel-good story or the thing that's Well, because like, the hit pieces is the hit pieces and the, are salacious and exciting and then they get picked up and they get they get re they get retweeted and shared yeah, and then Facebooked know, and Yeah, this. like fuck that guy. The yeah. retweet, the quote, the, yeah, the quote tweet. Exactly. Fuck that dude. Yeah. You know, it's just like and then even more so, more journalism or lack thereof is the here's a question, here's an email. Send me back your answer. I'm going to copy and paste that shit, and I'm going to put it in a fucking article. No offense. I know I was in one of those today, and, and I get it. And by the way, and then I'm going to get a byline. And then I'm going to get a fucking byline. And it's going to say via email or via t- uh, via phone call. I'm sorry, but to me, that's not journalism. Like, the things that excited me about food is when I read about food, and I could really feel it. Yeah. I, it's just... And that shit it's just still out there. It's just you got to dig for it, man. And then now it's like the influencers, like, you know, you're wearing the bikini and eating the pizza. And you get 75,000 likes because people are fucking – it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. And I think that the situation we're in now is worse than when I first asked you that question 18 months ago. I would agree with you. And the ones and – I, and I was reflecting. And, I, again, I've had a heavy seven days since uh, the 31st of last year to today and I was reflecting I was like what am I really proud of and then I you know I read the thing that in the eater thing was it eater is it new times mm. that was a new times sorry. new times sorry looking everyone. ahead looking back right uh, I read the thing and I was happy with the things that I said there because I totally still agree with whenever I wrote that um, in the year 2019 and 2020 did I do any media dinners in which I paid the full the full bill 
<laughs> no. I did not. No. Can we, I know that this is a thing. Can we take the bathroom break? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bathroom breaks, man. Bathroom break. You got to say, man, I got to take a leak. I got to take a leak. There it is. Long and Larry's taking a leak. I got big. And here comes our 1210 The Man promo. Enter Brent Romberg. That thump you just heard, that was my pen ass hitting the bottom of the table. Now on 1210 The Man, Romberg's pen ass hits the bottom of the table. That's going to be our 1210 The Man promo on like every episode. Where were we? I was more... But I wanted to bring up point. reveling thank in the you, fact that so I didn't do any media dinners in 2019. But here's and the thing, though. But here's the thing: the answer to your question about the media dinners, the answer is true in that how many did you host? All right. But here's the thing: is that there is value in hosting media when it makes sense, and this is the thing I try to say to my clients always: is I'm not suggesting that all things should be done. I'm suggesting that there should be at least a perspective of what has value. And here's the, here's the God's honest truth. Take social media influencers out of the mix for a moment. Sure. With, for whatever reason, whether it's drop in advertising, whether it's social media, killing uh, traditional journalism, etc. Magazines, newspapers, etc., putting aside those that still do anonymous criticism. Sure. They don't have nearly the budgets that they had once upon a time. That's true. Okay. And I say this being an older guy, having seen it grow and change over 25 years. So when a publication says to me, listen, we very much would like to do a story but we would want to come in and experience a restaurant, but there is no budget for dines. Would they be open to hosting it? The story that they're doing is a story that is not based on criticism. It's a story based on the experience and reportage. This is what we saw. This is what we ate. They're not coming in to review the restaurant they're coming in to do a story so as a publicist to a client for me to say listen their food writer is going to come in would you agree to host them it's not necessarily if you want to call it a quid pro quo you can but the the agreement is that we are interested but we don't have the kind of budget certainly we're going to take care of the server we're going to do this and we're not going to order the Chateaubriand and the stone crab platter and the caviar. We're going, we're there to have an experience. Sometimes the chef says, listen, you're not ordering anything. I'm going to cook for you. You want to know what I can do? Cause you want to do a story on me. I'll do it. Not every magazine is whether it's a food and wine or a Bon Appetit where they could go listen or a New York times where they go, we don't take comps. But, but in, in all honesty, and as much as we've communicated in the last two years, how many times do you come to me with something and I say, who is this person and what do they do? Every time, but I also go to my clients every time with this is who this person is and this is what they want to do and this is why I'm asking you to host them. Now, you, 18 months ago, might have said to me, I won't host anyone I don't care, sure. which is pretty much almost, I'm paraphrasing, but very close to what you said. No, that's probably exactly Probably right. very true, yeah. but or on point. But... That's not to say that any number of my clients, I have different. Some clients will host almost anyone if I tell them to. Right. But at the same token, they are looking to me and to also be. also if they get any DM and any whatever. Whatever. But yeah. 
one of the things I say to my clients is if you're hiring me, you're not to talk to anybody. Let me handle all of that. Right, right. If someone DMs you, you send them my way. Okay. But the idea is that I'm part of the quality control mechanism. Now you don't have to host everybody. I'm here God, to you're tell a you. Saint. You know that? He's Fucking good. A. Wow. He's good. Not for you, though, because are you driving? Thank you. Yes. And I'm fine, but thank you. I don't need another. I'm here. I'm here to help. Larry. Thank I need, you. I need you. You're a helper. You're I need a helper. you. <laughs> my my children need me. My yeah. clients need me. I also need you. All the people. I don't care about your other. I clients. am here me, for the I people need who need me. Yeah. So the idea being is that things have value. It's like people who say there is no value in doing this festival, or there is no value oh, in doing. Let's not get into I'm, festivals. I'm, there is value. Please. It's finding now, the there's value. There's no value to doing the grand tasting at South Beach Food and Wine Festival. There's I wasn't referencing that. Right. I wasn't okay. referencing that. But I'm referencing in terms of it is very easy to say there is no value in A, B, C, and D. My argument is there absolutely is. But you have to find that value. Okay. And what I'm supposed to do is to be there to say that doesn't work for you, Michael Beltran, but this does. And you and I have had that conversation. I don't want to do, talking about South Beach Wine Food Festival, I don't want to do the grand tasting. Okay, well, what would you like to do? I would like to host a dinner with this or that chef. I would be down to have that conversation. Then let's have that conversation. What was my prerequisite this year to do South Beach Food and Wine Festival? Unless they pay me 100% of my food costs, I'm not open to having that conversation. Correct. And I said, and that should be the the case all the time. And my response to you was, I understand that is your position, and I can communicate that. I can't make that decision because it's not for me to make. But as your publicist, I will go back to the festival and I will say these. Well, you know, in the same way that I said to any client when they go, these are my demands for this. I, I just I feel gross because like now. <laughs> We're in this like, uh, and I had this making, conversation uh, making bear sounds. Yeah, right. I just I don't know what kind of sound that is, but very we, impassioned. We're having this moment in Miami uh, food. Sure. And now it's like, well, all these motherfuckers from the north are now coming. Uh huh. Oh, they're all coming. Major food group. Yeah, you do nice work. You're coming too, and everyone else is coming. And I said, let me explain something to you. I've been here for 35 years, right? And I'm sure things like the South Beach Food and Wine Festival are going to love the fact that these motherfuckers are coming here, right? Because it's easier to get them to their festival. It's easier to get them in there because now they're in their backyard. Well, of and course. Yeah. And it's, it, it's just so interesting to me that the city that they shit on for years, all those other groups, because New York is better and Chicago's better and LA's better. But now, since our economy's open, we're better now. Let's all come here. It's not like, oh, yeah, this is the place. Tech groups are going to come here. Food groups are going to come here. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but at the end of the day, for the last fucking 25 fucking years, they've been shitting on us hard. So now everyone that's like, let's go to fucking Carbone and let's go here and let's go there. You're all fucking puppets because how excited, though, would you be to have a Carbone in Miami? Have you ever eaten a Carbone in New York? I like uh, how excited am I and am I, am I going to be uh, at the opportunity to have a carbone in your in, in I'm not in, that in excited the about it. I am. Well, I mean, I will tell you and not if, because I'm trying to get their business, though I am available. But the 
<laughs> but the aspect of it, because my dinner at Carbone sticks in my head of I had an amazing dinner there. But at, at the end of the day, where I choose to spend my money, right? I'm going to eat Italian food today. Right. Right? Yeah. I'm going to go to Boy Day. Also your client. Indeed. I'm going to go to Boy Day. I'm going to go there. Or Macchialina. Spe- or Macchialina, which I've been there. Those are the two Italian restaurants I've been to in the last... Both spectacular. Right. I actually went to Macchialina for my birthday. I'm aware. I just... I don't... And not that I think that what they do is bad, but I think that you're being an... You're opportunistic. And that's fine. That's fucking capitalism at its best. Did, didn't we... That's exactly in, right. When we did Marry, Fuck, Kill in the Ask Mike Anything episode, weren't you marrying the surf club? Yeah, yeah. Was that a was that a Patreon? But I only because I, 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 I didn't only, hear that. I, I didn't only, hear that on the. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, Apple Podcast. It wasn't on the Apple Podcast. My true reason for marrying the Surf Club is because of Chef Manny. So what if there was a what if the the Carbone in Miami had a respectable local chef at the helm? No, I mean I gotta like the guy. <laughs> I mean, she, it seems like very wishy washy rules here. No, very, no, very subjective. Now. No, these aren't wishy washy rules at all. I mean. To Capitalism me, is opportunism. I disagree with that. Oh, tell me why you disagree. Why do you disagree with capitalism is opportunism? Bear, everyone. It's like gummy bears. Well, like I just, jumping. I, it just seems like you're defining it as opportunism. I love that this is the only way I can talk into it. <laughs> it's the fucking best. You're gonna get. You're gonna get a neck. You're gonna have a neck crick. This yeah, should be forever. Yeah. I mean, capitalism. I, I think people can be opportunistic within capitalism, as they are. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's more about. Free exchange, right? Can it be both? It Why can, is it no, mutually it, exclusive? It can be both, but I don't. But I think it would be a mistake to define it as opportunism. Okay, I feel like that's semantics. Yeah, <laughs> see, and there's we're a, back to semantics. I feel like it's Pee Wee's Playhouse, where it's like the word well, after the, the episode. Because, because please look because, up the definition of semantics. Because capitalism is also, in my view, the reason that people pursue things that an opportunist wouldn't, right? You can you can also just create a market. You can generate demand. You can. There, there are people but, who would approach it. But isn't a capitalistic endeavor based on that you saw an opportunity? I mean, it, to make money. No, I, I don't think. That, yes, but you can. But I think that's different. From, no or yes, David. But, but that's different from being opportunistic. If you're opportunistic, you're seeking out the opportunity. But I think capitalism also allows for creating the opportunity, creating markets. Okay, tomato, tomato. But but I, I think your point – but I do – I honestly – I see where you're coming from. But I do think – I think that both – oh, Michael's having an aneurysm. <laughs> Michael's having an aneurysm right now. I'm just Welcome having, to Bangkok Strokes. I've had a moment for the last like five days because everyone's like, all these New Yorks are coming down. Like, I'm sorry. I don't care. I'm still going to be here in the corner of the Grove doing my thing. And it's like all the other New York restaurants that are going to come, and that's cool, and I appreciate it, and that's fine. But where the fuck have you been for the last twenty years? I would like for the They've publicist in... of Mr. Simon Kim to stop <laughs> listening to this right here as Future. we are trying to schedule you as a guest. <laughs> Future guest of the podcast. Yes, I know. Coat opening up uh, February. Cool. Yeah, we're we're looking for a date in January to record with Simon. <laughs> I can Kim. tell you. I can tell you who's doing his PR. No, I know. I'm in, touch with, I'm in touch with them, and I want them to You're turn off their, their phones. I am not. Uh, deep sleep? No. Deep sleep? No. No. My bad. We'll do this off off mic. All we'll right. Off, 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 off air. Yeah, on the Patreon. It's on the Patreon. If you this pay is for 40 bucks on the Patreon, now we're putting we're putting tags on it. This is like OnlyFans. 20, 40 bucks a month. 40 bucks a month to hear the Simon Kim interview. Picks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just... Uh, You're not... Here's the thing is... Uh, 
here's the thing, and this is the thing. This is very much a dynamic of my relationship with you. It's not oh, that you're wrong. Yeah. It's not that you're wrong, but you're not 100% right either. Because there have been times where I've well, said right to who? In my opinion. Okay, all right. All right. That's fine. That's fair. Because I feel I understand where you are, where you go like, well, where the fuck have you been for the last 20 years? They've been doing their thing, whatever. Now, I do think that opportunism would be an easy definition for someone who, let's say, shit on verbally, whatever, in, in interviews or on social media, shit on Miami in any way, shape, or form, and then saw an opportunity Alex and decided I'm going to open a restaurant. Uh-huh. The, the, you could make a claim then of, oh, how easily you change your tune when you see that there's That's money. That's a solid point. That's easy. Mm-hmm. That's easy. The more the more fundamental element is of you know if a company just wasn't here for any number of reasons and then decided that to my point with Nick they saw an opportunity to expand because there was let's say the uh, the opportunity to make money mm-hmm. then why not expand to South Florida right. But I do think it'd be very easy. It'd be like someone who was running a very successful restaurant, let's say, let's say for you, for example, and I'm totally making this up. Let's say you were running a very successful restaurant in Coconut Grove and you had been shitting on South Beach for the last 10 years of your life, which you haven't been. I have not. You have not. I, we but have then, a bar in South Beach that's fabulous. Right. Right. So I'm aware of it. But so, <laughs> but, so. but then one day you saw an opportunity and then suddenly look at this. Look at this. This Michael Beltran yeah. motherfucker decided that he's going to open up. He's been shitting on us for 10 years, but now he saw an opportunity to make some dime, and now he's doing this and this. That's where you could say, I think, objectively, not subjectively, objectively, like how easily you change your tune, sir, when yeah. it benefits you. And I think we're seeing that in our politics where you go, wow, you said a lot of things four years ago. Politics are gross. Fair enough. But your tune is so very different now, my friend, because you see what side the bread might be buttered on, and that's the side you're going to. There, I agree with you wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. where I go, that's opportunism. Yeah. But you've you've sold your soul. You've sold any goodness. You've sold any um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You sold any sense of – pride and dignity in the chase for that dollar and that's the level of capitalism where i go that's fucking gross yeah that's gross i guess you make a fair point this is what i try to do perspective yeah Yeah, i mean i guess you make a fair point i think for me it's like the the years of like miami's not good enough in comparison to dude that's every day of my life when i talk to national media oh I remember the hyper local chugs. I remember let's that. Not, let's, let's not. Yeah, let's, let's not. Yeah, let's not go into that. Let's not go into that. Hyper local. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking losers. But um, it's more the 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 fact that now we're this hub. And we're going to be all these things. And really, we're only the hub because we're fucking open. <laughs> That's <Right>. it. <laughs> we're not a hub because you liked us before. Your point will be well made when the rest of the country is the way we are right now. And people are like, you know what's the hub right now? Bismarck, North Dakota. <laughs> all right. We're like, we see ample opportunity to grow in the Dakotas. And you're like, oh, the Dakotas are where it's at now? You've seen it where it's like suddenly it's this city, it's that city. Once upon a time, you you know, the South being 
the hub of anything that was cool and hip, et cetera, whether it was suddenly, oh, Nashville's a thing now. And I'm not shitting on Nashville. I'm just saying it's in terms of how the narrative changes of well, how oh, the now, national media decides to change the narrative. Exactly right. Because things can never be too hyper local for them unless they decide it to be. That's right. It's and only soon, hi- it's only hyper local and not interesting <laughs> until they determine soon, excuse me that it is. Soon Miami will be great for the national media because it won't be so hyper local because Carbone is here. Maybe, maybe not. I don't fucking know. Who the fucking knows? But here's the thing. The cream, I have to believe this. I have to believe this in order to do what I do every day is that the cream will rise and there is going to be different groups of people that are going to want and need different things. And I've had a great number of conversations, particularly since COVID, with clients about, and not just clients, but people that I love and respect in this industry of the business that they are doing and the crowds that they are drawing because it is not it is always a matter of survival in the restaurant industry the margins are so slim it is such a difficult difficult oftentimes thankless business but particularly during covid where you go what is it that i am doing in order to maximize every dollar that comes in and where am i making compromises that I'm no longer comfortable doing. Right, right. And it's not a matter of demographics and how hip is the crowd in my dining room? Are they the beautiful people? Are they not the beautiful people? Their money is still green. I don't All give a shit. All people spend money are beautiful to me. But that's where we're at right now in a certain number of ways because the dollars are, everyone is scrapping it out even more for every dollar. Yeah. As opposed to they were... In February of 2020, when we were looking at a really great second quarter before the world ended. (laughs) And then it was like, are they homeless? Do they have $5? I would welcome them to my restaurant. Right. As opposed to, I really don't think that's the brand. It's not on brand for us right now. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I, I, I really feel like we did well here as a company because... You know, I referenced like something I, I actually wrote in like a journal. I don't have a journal anymore, but I had one like 10 years ago. And um, I wrote like, I want to open a restaurant that's kind of like for everyone. Mm-hmm. That can be someone's birthday dinner or someone's Thursday night dinner mm-hmm. or Tuesday night dinner or a rich person's Monday night dinner. Like, I don't know. I want it to be that for the community. And I think the reason why we did well was because we are a restaurant for the community. We are a community place. And like, yeah, our food is higher end and we are a higher end thing. But if you come in with shorts and a t-shirt and you sit at the bar and you have a chug burger, it's like, yeah, you're as good as the person that's sitting on table 12 having a duck press and drinking a $400 bottle of wine. It, it doesn't matter to us. We're going to give you the same kind of service and we're going to give you the same kind of experience. And, you know, and I think that's essentially a lot of problems with Miami and have been for a long time is that they only want a certain type of clientele. And I, I don't care. I want everyone because of where I come from to be able to enjoy these kind of things. So I hope Miami changes their perspective because this year should be nothing but perspective for people. I have a question for you. 
Uh, this is a terrible lead-in because oh, right. Nick told me to ask the question. He's been very quiet this whole interview. That's because he has to lean over into his microphone. Is that what it is? No, I, I, I don't like interjecting here. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Carino, how do you feel about ghost kitchens? Oh, this fucking thing. <laughs> you asked for it. You, this, you, you, you know what? It's true. What, what The precursor for the listeners in Salina, Kansas. So the, the we pre- have three. Three, but all three. But the precursor was where I listened to that episode and I texted because you were rallying against railing, railing, railing against, railing against ghost kitchens. You're not a fan. You're not a fan. And my response, what I was basically, I think, implying to Nick was, what are my feelings about ghost kitchens is fine. Fine. What does that what does that mean? Fine, Fine meaning meaning if someone wants and I'm not put I'm not shining a spotlight on him since we mentioned David Chang, I'm not shining a spotlight oh, on him Fuku. for good or Fred. How's it going? I, it doesn't matter to me. Okay. My point is not if well. someone wants that chicken sandwich, he, that he is a business person who saw an opportunity and created a thing to sell a thing. And if people want that chicken sandwich, whether it's good or bad, that's a whole different conversation, then kudos. And if people want it, fine. The question is, what do I feel about it is there's opportunities for that and there may be a place for that in the marketplace. But in my personal opinion, a ghost kitchen is in no way, shape or form a replacement for a true dining opportunity or a dining experience in the same way if someone only wants to look at photos of cheese pulls and hit like on Instagram then you know what the world is your oyster live on your phone but if you want to have legitimately compelling and delicious and artful and food with soul and care and concern and technique and all of those things then you probably should not be Picking your dining destination based on how great your photo's going to look while you're eating your 17-foot-tall shrimp cocktail, but it'll get a lot of likes on Instagram. There, I have to believe as a – not just as a PR person, but as a business owner – that there's room for these things for everyone, but do I think ghost kitchens should or will replace? No, in the same way that I do want to believe or have to feel like as much as I love and now being particularly forget about the age of COVID, but being a father of two mm. who doesn't get out to see movies in theaters the way that he used to do right. before he had children, that there is something to be said for the experience of seeing a movie on a big screen. I love the convenience of being able to pull up a movie at home because guess what? I'm not leaving my house, and I sure as shit I'm not going to a movie theater right now. I didn't get to see Tenant, but I'm going to watch it on Netflix. But I still, that's the kind of thing where I would have been one of the first people in line to see that movie because the experience is the thing. To me, on demand is like the ghost kitchen of restaurants. Does that make sense to you? Of movies, rather. I it's, mean, I, I, I guess it does make sense to me. And at the same time, I'm with you. Like, I I would prefer to watch Transformers at or, like, the Avenger movies. I would suggest or, not watching anything by Michael Bay. But anyway, that's that's, yeah, that's just on. me. He did, he, I mean, no, listen, no, 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 no. Star Trek. Uh, I, Michael Bay, did, I don't think he did Star he, Trek. He didn't do that. That what was J.J. Abrams. Yeah, what I'm saying is, 
Star Trek, the big things with big things blowing. You want to see the things, things. Yeah, yes. You know, like yeah. that's fine. And first and foremost, the, do not take anything away from the early Transformers movies because they were they were solid I for a younger for a younger oh. demographic that oh. enjoyed things blowing up and. Uh, for people who still needed to call their moms and dads to wipe their butts, they were fantastic. I mean, you're talking about kids up to the age of 20. Kids to the age of 20? Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Really? Kids Kids now are up to the age of 30, for fuck's sake. Listen, I'm a 45-year-old kid. There's a line in the sand. <laughs> That's true. Okay. There's a line in the sand. Don't get me wrong. I'm very happy with The Mandalorian. I have some problems with it. But God, the last season was very good. The last season was better than the first season. Of course, but everything builds up. Not I, everything. Not everything. Not everything. You guys have. Really? Did you? Some, st- some things get worse. Le, le, did you stick with Lost till the end? To the very. Oh, to the oh, bitter end. I am. I am to still the bitter end. My my ass still hurts from to the Lost. Bitter end. To the I bitter end. Lost. I and am, I've, I've even and I lo- going and I, back and watching it again. No, never. No, no, no. I as much as I appreciate and respect JJ Abrams, I will never forgive you, sir. But meanwhile, I will never forgive <laughs> JJ, you. JJ, if you're listening, we'll have you on the podcast JJ. just to counter Larry Me, here. Yeah. But meanwhile, one of the other gentlemen whose name eludes me at this moment went he on to redeem himself with the leftovers on HBO, which no, to me that. is one of the greatest shows I've you ever seen pay for in my HBO life. Guy. Excellent show. Excellent show. You gotta pay for that shit. I don't watch that shit. Shit's amazing. The leftovers wrecked me. Pay for Disney Plus, bro. Anyway, I'm not. It's actually on a six month free subscription. (laughs) Listen, we're waiting for the sponsorships to hit here on on Bunko Podcast. Thanks to Drew Estate, whose ad played earlier in this episode. But but to the but to your original point, though, there's room for all of. We haven't done it yet. Excuse me. We have to hope that there's room for all the experiences. As much as I love going to Publix I tell you, and getting I, a pub it, sub, there is a very big difference between that and getting a sandwich made in a restaurant. It's all part of the whole what thing. What equates a sandwich? Anyways, Here what we go. I'm saying We're is, back to sandwiches. Uh, the ghost kitchen. Yes. Do you uh, do any ghost kitchens financially uh, help you out? Uh, I am currently not representing. Actually, to be perfectly frank, let me stop you right there. I am actually currently. I act. I'm sorry. I currently <laughs> represent a ghost kitchen. You do. I do. Oh, then this is not a fair conversation. It is this a totally is, fair totally, conversation. Oh, this conversation. It's a totally fair conversation. It's now going to be wiped out. It is. It doesn't make any sense. No, it does. Because no. I can be honest and have my thoughts while at the same time represent clients. No, well, man. Yes, absolutely. No. If I, I, I listen, will step in here and say that it disqualifies him no more than you're competing against them disqualifies you. Here's, you, know what would qual- you know what would disqualify me? You know what would disqualify no. me from this conversation? Would be if I shit on them left and right, and then after I left this podcast, you found out that I represented one. Well, that's why I asked you. I don't shit on Hot them. I don't shit on them, and it has nothing to. It has nothing to do with the fact that I represent one. <laughs> Which one a, do you represent? MK Takeaways. No idea what that means. Uh, but fam, family owned and operated. Cool. Lovely husband and wife team out of Broward County. Sounds they great. started it. Listen, they do an amazing job. They do what they do, and I have worked with them beautifully for the last six months. They created something seeing an opportunity back to the word in the marketplace and they hired me to help get the word out for people who want to have food delivered to them particularly during covid they were a great benefit don't don't do that now don't use covid as especially during covid 
Let me oh, here we explain. Go. All right, Espl- you explain. Let me. Explain. Are you mansplaining? I'm. I'm. I'm explaining. Explaining. Um. The f- world of food. Yes. In my eyes, and listen, people can disagree. I appreciate that you disagree. Nick disagrees with everything I say. A lot of people disagree with a lot of shit that I say. Food and restaurants to me is a very romantic situation, right? It is a purity. It is something that it is one of those last moments at a table that people can enjoy together, right? That people can have community and conversation together. Ghost kitchens do not provide that. They do not provide the craft or the artistry behind them. They just do not. Because everything from the second you walk in the door to the way you leave the door is curated by that person that has thought of the whole thing, right? So to me, a ghost kitchen, all they're trying to do is to take me out of business. And listen, I am a very primal individual. People come at me in any kind of way, you're going to get some kind of return. And to me, the whole ghost kitchen faction is something that eventually, if we let it continue, it's in essence the world of electric cars versus... uh, Gas, gas power? Cars. Yeah, gas cars, right? The whole gas... In- shut up, Nick. Shouldn't shut we, up with your... Shouldn't things. we be off gas at this point, though, in 2021? Listen, that's not what. That's not the point. Right, that's I'm not sorry. what I'm talking right, about. We're going to get into the environment. It's we're all not, right. I'm not no, talking not, about the environment because no. I, I would probably agree with you. But what I'm talking about is the gas companies and gas cars fighting that to for their survival. Right. That is essentially what So are you, are you Exxon? In this uh, in this sure. analogy, yeah, no, I am. I'm actually. I loved your. I loved your work I'm, with the Valdez. I'm a moco. I'm a moco. Moco. A moco. You're a moco. I'm mobile. Am I race? Tra- I'm, I'm also Chevron. I'm also racetrack. Racetrack. Chevron. Chevron. I'm all of those, and the electric cars are coming in to take my business and. It's not the, a great the, analogy. I'm going to be honest. As your public, as your publicist, this is a no. terrible analogy. It's, well, I wasn't even thinking about that level, but it's it, so as as a friend and publicist, it's not a good analogy. No, no, I, I agree that it's also not a good good analogy for that reason. Yeah, but I I don't agree that it's it's like the electric and gas powered. It's not a, not even a little bit because there will always be <laughs> demand. For some gas-powered cars, yes. the ones that do it the most artfully. In the right. same way that there's... I know a 61 Cadillac. Well, that's what no I'm saying. Idea. Thank you. You beat me to the punch. There you go. For the people who want to have the vintage Mustang, the vintage Cadillac, yeah. they are going to want that. Exactly. And, and you're... The you, times change, ex- my friend. Exactly. And there was, there was a time when people were still eating, sitting in a fucking Pizza Hut. I was actually. Bless gonna, you. I've talked about Pizza Hut so and, much, and I was going to say his argument would discount things <laughs> like delivery pizza restaurants, and the only, which have their have they, a great place in the social structure. Can I just? I'm going to throw in here. Uh, no, they be, don't. One hundred percent. If I want a good fucking pizza, I'm not ordering Domino's. I'm ordering. You Domino's eat at Taco Bell. You 100%. eat at Taco Bell. If you oh, wanted a great a, taco, you know, I know that I'm eating at Taco Bell because it's ratchet as fuck, and I'm okay with that. And People who are it. eating at Pizza Hut know it's ratchet as fuck pizza, but they're still doing it. If you and wanted good it. tacos, you'd go to Takiza. You'd go to any number of places. But Ghost Kitchens aren't saying that. What they're saying is that they're bringing an experience to you, and they're not. They're giving you food in a fucking box. 
sucks, man. The people who say they're bringing an experience to you, that's PR spin. Strip away the You're PR. the PR spin. That's exactly right. You are the PR spin. Strip that shit away, Michael. Strip it away. Strip, Strip it away. away. It's what still, are they doing? It's essentially they're food, food in a fucking box. That's right. And so is pizza. Food in a fucking box. Taco Bell is food in a fucking wrapper. And they're all telling you they're bringing you an experience. That's all. Time. That's right. There I, is no experience there. I know when I go to Taco it's Bell, food. it's ratchet as fuck. But, but, that's, what they're but you. That, that's what they're selling you. They're selling you this the experience. Go, the ghost kitchen is selling you something that they're saying they're bringing x y and z kind of dining to your house do you believe everything people say to you michael i believe nothing that anyone ever says to me then you're fine i am not the the majority of the world the majority of the world we're in a very shit situation in the world right now michael i'm shocked really (laughs) you wouldn't know you didn't see jurassic park in dc today i am fucking shocked (laughs) i was more mad it was more like mad max free road it was actually i felt like i was living in an episode of watchmen i felt like i watched a bunch of uh People that look like my dogs today, running around DC. It was a, right. it was a it was a beautiful day for America and for freedom. Really, <laughs> well, I mean, the well, freedom bear would double down on this. I would not. <laughs> I think it was Nick kicking in one of the windows in the Capitol. Actually, Larry's got a. I gotta say, Larry's got a lot of opinions about your shit. I would love this could be in the Patreon segment. I just, and Larry's I just met a, him. And I just met him a month ago. I know Larry's got a lot of opinions about we'll, your we'll shit. We'll leave all this for the Patreon. Segment. I guess that's fine. Let me know when you 40, want to do the wind down. Forty bucks on we're, we're an hour and a half. In. PD Dick picks. Is it an hour and, and a half? Really? Give or take. Oh, look at that! Come on, we have coffee sometimes for three hours. You enjoy my crazy conversations. Me or him? My point. No, me and Nick don't talk. Oh. But. <laughs> I once said I was going to have coffee with Mike, and I said, "Should we invite Nick?" He goes, "No, no, no. yeah, no. incorrect." He's like, "You could." I go, "But then Nick we'll never and, leave." But he's like, "But Nick and I have said." I said, "But Mike, Nick and I have been talking about getting together for coffee." He goes, "Can I do the impression?" Oh yeah. He goes, "I said, but Mike, Nick and I have been talking, and this is true, Nick. You and I have been talking about having coffee and having a cigar, right?" I said, "But Nick, he goes, then have a cigar with Nick. Then have a cigar with Nick. Let's not." Make it a whole group thing. <laughs> and I went, all right, okay, all right, okay. I mean, this is before I met you. And I was like, I could have a cigar and a coffee with Nick independently. We could be independent friends. It still hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. But we, you know. So are uh, ghost kitchens and food halls the same thing? No. Why are they not the same fucking thing? They are the same thing. The business model is the same. <laughs> Why is a helicopter not a moped? I don't, it's want, not I don't a, understand. It's a, I don't understand you. What do you mean? How's a food hall and a ghost kitchen the same thing? A ghost because kitchen. Because there is zero experience in both. Absolutely wrong. How absolutely. is that absolutely wrong? Completely a wrong. food hall. I'll tell you why. I, I was in a food hall. So I know. Was I. So was I. I've eaten at them. Yeah. Here's the thing. I had experience. You want me to? Here, here's the very easy. Mike looks so. Disgusting. Mike is so. Disgusting. I need to shower 16 times before I go to bed today. Okay. Mike is so distraught. Listen to me. This is why they're different. Okay. A ghost kitchen, and I'm not even going to forget about PR. Okay. The ghost kitchen is we are delivering a thing to you in your place of residence or your place of business. Sure. Okay. Okay. Basically, fundamentally, it's fucking takeout. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's delivery. It's not even takeout because you're not going there to pick it up on your way home. They're delivering it to your home or your place of business. Okay. A food hall is a physical structure, whether it's indoor or outdoor, whether it's timeout market, 
wharf, whatever you want to fucking call it, you're going to go the war. But it's a place they're doing great. It's a place you're going to go to to have food, drink, conviviality, etc. You're going to be in that place physically. I mean, basically, we're talking about a food court. But go on. Tomato to mano semantics. The point is, you can say if you want to say a food hall is a hyped up version of a food court, that's fine. You can say it. You can say it. But my point is this. No, a food wait, hall is, is a physical place where you go. Bourbon and, chicken. I love bourbon chicken. But <laughs> but actually, I'm more of a Kung Pao man myself. But anyway, the point is you're going to a physical place to have food and drink. A ghost kitchen is delivering food in a fucking box, as you said, to your place of residence or business. It's not even the same thing. It's not even the same thing. And neither one, Michael, food halls neither food one of them are replacements for what you do here. Do food, are food halls, do food halls deliver? What does that have to do with anything? Because I'm asking a question. Do food halls Did you do, do Uber Eats or DoorDash out of your uh, kiosk no, at no, no, Time no, Out? I didn't, I didn't. So it's not about the food hall, it's about the vendor. Nope. It's the vendor. Well, so if they don't deliver, so if they don't, I don't promote using the evil empire. If That's they why. don't deliver, then automatically Stop you've with your with your. But weird, you've been Nick, on Uber Eats. Nick, would yeah. you? Nick, would you agree for, for Chugs? Okay. All right, Nick. Yeah, because because thirty percent of a of a two dollar okay, so you piece of bread is different. So you're saying you don't promote it, but you do it sometimes when it's when it works. But essentially, it never worked. I mean, you, how many times have you gone for that? Fakakta crunch wrap at Taco Bell and been. Fakakta crunch wrap. How many times have you been upset about the Fakakta crunch wrap? What is the Fakakta crunch wrap? Fakakta. It's Yiddish. It's like fucked up. It's this bullshit thing. How many times do you keep going back to Taco Bell? You're like, it's it, it's been terrible the last three times I've had it, but I keep going back. So I can mean, I, can I tell you by the way, a hundred. Mike doesn't text me a lot of food. A hundred percent of the time that Mike has texted me a photo of what he's eating because he's excited about it. It's been uh, thin crust pizza from Domino's Pizza. That sounds accurate. Aren't you promoting a ghost kitchen by giving them no, their, no, your money? No, I'm not at all. Domino's is not a ghost kitchen? It's not a ghost kitchen. Why not? Because it's Domino's Pizza. It's creating food and it's sending it to you in a fucking box. It's a Domino's Pizza is Domino's Pizza. <laughs> oh, my God. Nick. No, I'm Nick. I'm, Help me, man. Oh, I don't know what to do. Because I know I go into it knowing it's not good pizza. I go into it knowing this is not a good product I'm eating. So when do I I mean, I feel terrible about myself. But you like it. Eh. When I eat a chug burger, I feel awful about myself. (laughs) That shit's delicious. But I eat that shit. No, but that's good. different. That's you know what I can go for? Involved. I can go for one right now. It's pretty delicious. No, but the anyway. kitchen's closed. God damn it. <laughs> As your publicist, I can't. No, I can't pull I know. it in. kitchen's closed. Curfew God is soon. damn Francis, it. God Francis damn it. Levin, COVID. Daniela Levine. COVID Cava, ruining right. everything. Not, not only do Curfew I feel awful about myself, but the chef is looking over my shoulder, berating me for not dipping my fries in the chug sauce. Oh, yeah, but it's a good move. It's a good move. Hear me out. Yeah. So when someone gets ghost kitchen food, are they going in thinking that the food is bad? It depends on the person. Oh, get the fuck yeah. out of here. You're going in thinking that you're getting a thing. It's you're saying the thing crust. Tacos. Do you and realize fucking how fucking crazy tortillas? you sound right no, now? 
You sound nuts. nuts. I don't sound nuts. You do. Yes. You're no, eating the thin crust pizza from pe- from from Domino's that you say you feel bad about, but you keep going. I so- feel bad about because I know it's bad. But you still you know order. Why? Do you know why I ordered the Domino's pizza? Because because Stanzione is closed. Be that That's as why. it may, you still give him your money, no, and I'm it sure. Is. 100%. I know it's closed, but that's not why you eat it. It is. You why like it. If I had to choose to spend my dollars between someone that's Different conversation. Or, you no, conflate. that's not a different conversation because it's closed. You're the conflator. You conflate. <laughs> you're a good, you know what you are? You're a conflation bear. You are a conflation. <laughs> he's, a, he's a conflator. I, he's a conflation bear. I, I do not think they are equal. Oh, my they God. They are not the same. Oh, my God. I go into... I Listen... Is a Hawaiian pizza a good pizza? Never. Never. I don't order it. But that's what I order. Because I know what I'm getting myself into. It's a bad pizza that I like. So you like it. So it's not bad. So it's not bad. No, it's bad. But you like it. Hold on. Wait. So you go into watching... Uh, uh, uh-huh. A random movie that the things that you watch, right? Like, oh, the, I watch obse- absurd ab- things. absurd things. Yeah. I was thinking hoping it would take. Good? I was hoping it would take a turn no, into but, movies. But thinking that I'm going to enjoy it, but it's bad. But that's what I. T- that's the enjoyment that I take from it. That's so, the Domino's Pizza for Nick's movie going. Yeah. So is that the same effect that Ghost Kitchens have? You're going uh, into it, but, knowing but, that but it's bad? your your com- your question presupposes. That everyone who orders from a ghost kitchen, regardless of the ghost kitchen, that the reason they're ordering it is that they acknowledge that it's bad, but they're still doing it. There are people who think, I know this might blow your mind. There are people who think, I am sure, that the thin crust Domino's pizza is good pizza. I would agree with you. That's gross. I would agree with you that it is not good pizza. It's not. Fair enough. But you keep ordering it. There are people, I'm sure, who might order from this ghost kitchen or that, and they think it's totally fine. Okay? But there are other people, like yourself, who might feel really bad about their ghost kitchen experience, but they go, but I can't stop. And I will also it's so bad, I love it. But You're okay, assuming so- that all people who order from ghost kitchens treat it as alternatives to... Uh, Upper tier dining. It's not. It's an. People it's an add on. It's another option. Well, right, but some people are ordering as an alternative to Domino's, as an alternative right. to other delivery options, not as an alternative to you. Mm-hmm. So, you go to eat a wet burrito at Taco Rico, right? Is that is that like real good Mexican food? I, what I, is taco? What is a wet burrito at Taco Rita? Taco, taco Rico. You've been here for. You were born and raised here. Miami Shores. Man, I'm so taco sorry. Rico. I mean, is this a Westchester I, thing? Well, yeah, more, you know, yeah right. more or less, I guess. Like Taco Rico, I've been going there since I was like a kid. Never been. They have an extra large, and the burrito is about yay big. Is it good? Yes. Yeah. All right. But it's not real Mexican food. But here's the thing: is it's good. That, that's that, that. I don't care. That's a different point. Yeah. Oh, so uh, so we don't care if it's like real Mexican food. If I wanted, there, re- let me ask if you I wanted real Mexican food, this does not sound like the place that I would go. If where I would wa- you go, where would I go? Mm-hmm. That a place I don't represent. Would you go to a, a ghost kitchen for real Mexican? Yeah. If there was a ghost kitchen that was doing real real Mexican food, I absolutely would. But if I wanted the focaccia taco wrap. 
bullshit that you eat, I would go to Taco Bell and then I would be in the bathroom the entire night. No, I mean, I feel like this uh, fundamental. If I wanted, if I listen, here's you know what it is. Here's what I'll make. You, uh, here's what I'll, and I don't think we're ever going to solve this. If I wanted a really Absolutely good not. steak, there's a number of restaurants. Oh man, so let me ask you. You're if I wanted a really good steak, I probably wouldn't go to a chain steak restaurant. Would you go to a ghost kitchen for us to have a steak delivered to my yeah. house? No, I would not. You would not. No. If okay. I wanted a really good steak, I would go to a really good steakhouse. So what are you getting at Ghost Kitchens? If you can't if you can't go to a restaurant, depending if can, on if you can go to a restaurant. Depending steak, on what the ghost kitchen was doing. So the kitchen the ghost kitchen is not uh restaurant quality. It can be. Yeah. How can it be? If you just said you're not ordering a really good steak from that's a, a steak. You, don't conflate. You're no, conflating. I'm not conflating. You're I'm conflating. saying if it if the kitchen is equal to a restaurant. Okay. If it is, if the food should be equal, but can I, restaurants are equal. Can so I use? Not, can I use my? Can I use my client as an example? Am I allowed? It's almost gross. It's but go on. Am I? Can I use a client as an example? Are they paying I'll, for? An I'll ad? allow it. I'll the, allow it. You'll allow. Nick will allow it. No, they're not paying for an ad, but maybe I can make that happen. I don't want their ad. Okay. <laughs> All right. I do. <laughs> I do not. Nick's like, please. It'll be on. Uh, Petey the, the dog. Petey the dog. The day. The day. They'll be. It'll be on. Step into the sandbox. That's fine. My point being is there is a particular dish that the ghost kitchen that I represent does, and it is fucking delicious. Great. We should have it sent to Mike. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to. But my point is when I do when I do order from them, that is a dish that I order because it's fucking delicious. Now, that happens to be an item on their menu that I, I like, and it's not – so bad it's good. It's good. And I order it. That in no way, shape, or form substitutes for or replaces a traditional dining experience at a restaurant. However, if I'm ordering that on a Friday night because I have just dragged my ass through a week and I am home and I don't want to cook and I order and they send it over, I'm very happy eating the farro risotto with the grilled chicken and I'm, I'm happy. It's the same thing like ordering the bullshit pizza, or if I decide I don't want to order the bullshit pizza, I'm going to go to the pizza restaurant in my neighborhood, Cooper City, that happens to be good pizza for Cooper City. It ain't Stanzione, okay? But I will – they don't deliver, but if I wanted better pizza, I'm going to drag my ass over to them, and I'm going to get it because I am willing to forsake the convenience of delivery to get a better product. I would say, Nick, that you, that I'm the one hundred percent. Thank you, my friend. This is why he doesn't want me having coffee with you. No, you guys can have all the coffee. No, I mean you with want. you. All the, I, all I, the coffee. All the coffee. All the coffee. I would say, leave me out of it. The ghost kitchen <laughs> is equal. The ghost kitchen is equal to saying, the ghost kitchen and the restaurant relationship mm-hmm. is equal to saying. The PR company versus the influencer on social media relationship. So the PR company is Exxon and the social media is the electric car. What is the. Sure. So the social media is coming from me now. I I, I, I don't know. I obviously don't feel the same way. It does. It absolutely (laughs) does make sense because a lot of people feel like the influencer will Mm -hmm. replace the PR company and 
you cannot social media cannot based on our earlier me conversation the social wrong. media will replace traditional media so a social media influencer no, will no, traditional no, 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 no. but how many people mm-hmm. on the influencer circuit yes it's quite a circuit it's a circuit will go out and say i'll do all your pr for you i'll do all the things for you and i'll get no. you all the things right, right. yeah just mm-hmm. pay me right because i have all this influence right so the How many social media influencers I now see on their Instagram handles now say publicist? Uh, a I number, a number. I mean, I don't, I don't follow any of them, so I have no idea. A number of them do. You follow? How many of them are actually doing work now that they've changed their bios that qualifies Some. as publicity? Some. Yeah. Some. Some. Guys, I got to take a leak. Oh, another leak break! Another. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go take another one. Just, hey, just you know what? Uh, anyway. You gotta do what you gotta do. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where we start our wind down. So, so much has happened. So much has happened. What a what a lively chat we've had. Very lively chat. So I'm lively. Sure this I won't be the last time. Ghost kitchens. This won't be the last time we talk ghost kitchens with Larry Carino. It's not the first. It won't be the last time we talk about. I will be dreaming about. I will be dreaming about the analogies. This is where we do our parting recommendations, where everybody recommends a thing that they think that our listeners should eat, watch, read, listen to, whatever it might be. Larry, I know you're ready. Is ghost kitchen delivery through Uber Eats? I think some. Sure. Some. Yeah. Some. Uh, I can't speak to all the platforms. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's just so many evil empires together. All right, mm. Larry, yeah. you have recommendations. What do you got for the people? I prepared Nicholas. This is like when Anakin gets with like the, you know like the whole thing. See, I can talk to you Star Wars. We can't do Star Trek because I'm not a Trekkie. I'm a Star Wars person. Yes, but I know you love all the sci-fi's. I do. I do. You do. All right, so I'll move quickly because I actually have... Babylon Five. Never watched, but oh, I so God, what a good show. I'm not a sci-fi guy other than Star Wars. So I'll move quickly because I got four recommendations. I'm more of a horror guy, and that's oh, actually no, I can't do, I can't do okay. So that's actually where I'm coming from with my recommendations. Okay. So two things to watch. Okay, first, th- these are two. I love horror movies. I grew up watching horror movies. My mother got me into watching horror movies when I was a kid. Two that I've not been able to shake for months now. One is called His House on Netflix, and it is like the best horror movies. It is a horror movie, but it is about something else, that there is subtext to it. Uh, And this one has a lot of, let's say, geopolitical subtext to it. His House, it is creepy as fuck, but it is also... Starring Donald Trump. We're living it right now. Um, But uh, His House, definitely check it out. And another one is a movie that I have been completely haunted by since I watched it about a month or so ago called Vivarium. Vivarium with Jesse Eisenberg. Awesome. I believe it's British. Jesse Eisenberg, the social network kid. Indeed. This movie fucked me up. Okay. So those are two. Amazing. The other one is on the reading side is a book that I'm reading now. Apparently, it was made into a show that was on HBO, but I have not seen it called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is a book about the Golden State Killer. Um, and it's really well written and fascinating. And the last thing is on the food side is I finally got around to going to Itame, and I know that you have certainly been an ambassador for them. And as a matter of fact, the day that I went for lunch, who did I see? I was there. Michael Beltran. 
Yeah. Um, and I was eating with none other than Susan Brussman. My favorite person. There you go. And she's like, is that Susan? That is? That is that Michael? That is. And, <laughs> I don't sound anything like No, that like was Susan. It. That was actually yeah. Susan. Oh. That was Susan. <laughs> No wonder. Now we sound like no, no, perfect. No, she's more the Jewish thing. You don't have the Jew thing going. But anyway, she's but so, yeah. So we went and Itame was absolutely friggin' delicious. Yeah. So I finally got around to going to Itame. Go check them out. Certainly, rather than sit here and spew about all the amazing clients I have, which I do, I was all the ghost kitchens. All the ghost kitchens. Check them out. Put all the traditional restaurants out of business, please. Yep. Um, but uh, those Rinse, are my recommendations. Those are my recommendations. With none of them being a client. Well, that's good. Very good. All right, Michael Beltran, what do you got? I don't know. All right, I'm going to recommend <laughs> that people tune in for UFC 257. Oh yeah. This is January 23rd. The main event is Conor McGregor. And Dustin Poirier. Oh, uh, McGregor. That is... Um, I saw him, like, pretending to box on Instagram. Listen, Conor McGregor is the real deal. I know. He's not a boxer, though. But he's he's a striker. He's not a yeah, boxer. Yeah, no, I mean, he could fuck someone up. Yeah. He's, Indeed. Uh, he's a mixed martial arts striker. He's uh, He does a lot of different things. If you put Conor McGregor in a fight against a boxer that's not a boxing match, he will fuck the boxer up. 100%. I wonder if Conor would beat Ryan Garcia. Yes, uh, there is absolutely in, not in a boxing or match. like Luke Campbell. Maybe not in a boxing match, but if it's a Luke, boxing match. We're talking about a boxing match. Okay, well, okay. Well, okay. Yeah, if it's a boxing match, I don't know. Probably not. I would not bet on Conor McGregor. If it's a striking match where you're able to do things, like for example, use your elbows, even mm. if you can't take people to the ground. Mm-hmm. But if it's if it's anything other than a boxing match, Conor McGregor wins that fight, including against Floyd Mayweather. But in a boxing match, you've changed the thing. I don't know. Floyd is like one of the best boxers of all time. But I'm not talking about a boxing match. Okay. Anyway, right. this is uh, a lightweight fight. So uh, Habib Nurmagomedov is no longer in the running. He has retired. Yes, he uh, he's coming back. Uh, maybe. Yeah, he, he's coming back. He says he's not. Dana White hopes he is. But in any back. case, Sounds like he's coming uh, back. this at the very least has title implications. Whoever wins this fight... Will either end up fighting Khabib for the for a title, or will have the title themselves. Okay. Uh, so that is one recommendation, and also I'm going to recommend uh, the Doug Demuro YouTube channel. That's Doug, like you'd spell Doug, D E M U R O, and he reviews cars, and it is fascinating. <laughs> oh yeah, he did show uh, me this. He's very good. He reviews a lot of very uh, weird and rare, sometimes supercars. Uh, and it's a good time. He's very geeky, very nerdy. If you like geeky, nerdy shit. Uh, I'm not a car person, but I enjoy the hell out of watching this guy review cars. Uh, those are my two recommendations. Michael uh, Beltran, what do you got? So, on, honestly, since our last podcast, I haven't really had much time to do anything other than work. Um, I've, I love to dive into, like, terrible television. Mm-hmm. I love it. Like, terrible sci-fi overall terrible tv so i've been watching shooter on uh on netflix and it's pretty bad and i love it and i i would is rec- it the thin crust domino's pizza of tv i mean it could be the ghost kitchen of tv it's but the ghost it's kitchen not, of tv it's not people actually know where it's at right, so, right, right. uh it's actually got a location that they pay rent for so um you know uh shooter uh, I I rather enjoyed 
and I actually dipped back into an old book, um, the Pool's Diner book, which I think is still amazing, and I would recommend anyone who hasn't uh, read that book to read it. She's does great work, and it's very good. Food-wise, I would recommend all ghost kitchens so we can continue to put uh, brick and mortars out of business. Here, here. Yeah, let's just <laughs> all jump on that bandwagon. So I can't we can wait do it together. Very good. So those were our recommendations. This is where I do our uh, shameless plugs. Michael Beltran, any shameless plugs yeah. you want to throw in there? Do all your nah, things? just whoever pays us is fine. That's not how that works. This is plugging your own stuff. Oh yeah. Um, come to Nave, Miami, please. Uh, Wednesday through Sunday, we're open from five to ten, five to eleven, something like that. Yourself. <laughs> Eat yourself some good pasta, and uh, I really enjoy the swordfish dish there. Or come to Ariet. Ariet actually turns five, mm-hmm. five years old on January seventeenth. That we're actually That's attempting correct. to get a gospel choir to come and perform on mm. the seventeenth. Uh, Larry is spearheading this for me because I, I do not have the full service to do PR. So. I'm sourcing <laughs> gospel choirs. <laughs> I mean, when true. you think gospel choirs, think Larry Karina. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say that I've talked to some my partners, all the directors in the company, and I'm just like, yeah, we're going to get a gospel choir. And they're like, why? I'm like, I don't know. Why not? <laughs> like, I don't know. Is uh, the Sade brunch still on? Um, what's funny about the Sade brunch is Gio... Uh, Senor Pasolito Papi himself comes up to me like three days ago. He goes, yo, dog. <laughs> and he's like so serious. I'm like, oh, what's up, man? You all right? He's like, Sade brunch is soon, dog. What are we going to do? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, I didn't even like think about it. Like, fuck, yeah, I know. Let's play some Sade. I know, Sade. And we're going to talk about it on the next episode of Punk and Podcast. I was wondering so what the whole Sade thing is. I don't. What do you mean? I, I, I got a hint of that there was a deep affection for Sade. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I was just curious. I did not know this about you. I was also stunned by your big uh, endorsement of Darkness on the uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town. Oh, but Bruce. I love my Bruce. I, I would Bruce. say I would say that Bruce and Sade are on the same pedestal. For Maybe me. I need to. Th- listen to more Sade. I maybe I've never given oh, the man. young lady. I mean, I don't know. Like sh- you have to be in a, a certain type of mood and doing a certain type of thing to listen to Sade and understand it. I don't know if I'm capable of those things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you may not be. I don't think uh, you look at me and you go, "That guy likes Sade." You look you look like you look like a smooth operator. <laughs> I look like yeah. Oh, no, but well, you, you see what you, you did there. You definitely, oh, yeah. you definitely look like a Glory Days guy to me. <laughs> Yeah, glory days. I, I, yeah, I know the song. I love Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Shut your mouth. I know. I you fucking don't explain shit to me. You sound like you sound like my Colombian barber. Whenever I said anything that's remotely <laughs> not fuck? white, I no my this Steve, is so racist. No, this no, whole it's not. Is off no, the I love Steven. They're gonna take us off the. Air. No, I love Steven. Anytime I say anything that's remotely, his name is Steven. Steven. He's Steven Moreno. Steven Moreno. Okay. He is. He cuts my hair. He cuts my kids' hair. My kids love him. Anytime I say young guy, your hair looks great. Fantastic. What's left of it? And it's all gray because of you. Yeah. But anytime I say anything that's not remotely white, he goes, How do you know about Coquito? I'm like, What the fuck, man? Like, what do you. I know that I'm just this big white guy. Because I I wouldn't understand Bruce Springsteen because I'm Cuban. 
No, it's because what you said to me uh-huh. was where you were like, yeah, you look like someone who would like glory days. Where I'm like, don't paint me in a box. That's good. That's a good don't that's paint that's me in a box. That's a solid point. That's a solid point. So when I say something like Coquito, he's like, what do you know about Coquito? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you buy it at Sedano's? I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, I can know Coquito. Yeah. I know I'm white. Yeah. I know I'm s- square. Well, give me, give me some credit. The beautiful story about myself and Bruce Springsteen. Which the one boss. day one day we'll hopefully have Bruce Springsteen on the show. That, can I, Bruce, if you're that. out there. That'd be just, amazing. You know, it would be great. Um, My number is. Yeah. Uh, when I was working at the Cypress Room, and, you know, like Cypress Room was a tough job. It was very tough, and we worked soup. Like, we worked hard. The food was great. Uh, one of my cooks that's a former guest on this podcast, Chris Hughesby, which is mm-hmm. a, a very dear friend of mine, was like, uh, let's listen to some Bruce Springsteen. Now, and at that point, I wasn't super – I didn't know a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the same time that I got into records. So I, I – Chris introduced me to the boss. And then uh, my grandfather actually gave me his record player. And then at that time, um, I was like digging in my grandparents' things in my former room that I had in my grandparents' house. And I found a box that was of my uncle's that has passed away. And it was his first, one of his first records that was a collection of Springsteen from 75 to 85, all live records. And I still have it. Wow. And that, like when you listen to No Surrender live, it's a completely different experience. So that is why... Like, I learned about what it really was like, that Americana rock and roll, because of that time frame. And it 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 connects me to a time in my life that was, albeit very tumultuous, uh, was very fruitful to the future of me. Because, and the only thing that was very constant were two things, which was, well, three things. Which was Bruce Springsteen, St. Paul and the Broken Bones, and Sade. Mm-hmm. Shaw Day was every Saturday, but that was like for my career for the last 10 years. And uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones was new. And then Bruce was something that Chris and Roel at the time like was like, yeah, this is this is the boss. Mm-hmm. Roel's from Jersey, so it, it made sense. Right. So, yeah, Bruce. I mean, I actually right now currently have a CD of Bruce Springsteen in my car playing. What album? It's the greatest hits. The essential. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I have all the actual vinyls. Right. But. Um, hey, you can't go wrong with the good greatest hits. Well, it's nice. Know, like Springsteen, you need that the first five albums because the other ones, let's be honest, hmm. they just didn't do it. But the first five were historically great albums for music. Yeah. Overall. Agreed. So I guess my recommendation is to listen to Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Thunder Road. Born to Run, and Darkness on the Edge of Town. That's what I got. Yeah. Uh, but do you have shameless plugs? You already did those. Oh, that's right. Yeah, shameless plugs. Yeah, go yeah. to Nave, Miami. Yeah. Go to Ariette. Uh, Taurus is open. Chugs is under construction. Um, Five-year uh, anniversary coming up. That's right. On the 17th, there will be a gospel choir. Uh, there will be drink specials that I don't know right now. We'll have um, Publix cake. <laughs> That's been the last two. Years. Are we having public skate? Right. 
We did Publix cake for the last two years because it's is a very Miami. I thing. came for yeah. the four year anniversary. I didn't get my cake, by the way, Nick. It was I didn't either. It, there was terrible. so much cake left. It's shocking that you didn't get any. Cake. I mean, look at me. Clearly, I have been robbed of cake in my life, but I didn't get my cake. <laughs> will you bring be bringing your whole staff? I'll see what I can do. There will be cake. You're forever. comping us, right? Absolutely, full yeah. comp. It depends. My if two I, favorite. As, as long as you post it on Instagram. My it two favorite if words. I could only, if I can only deliver it to your house and not have you actually in the space. I like the I experience and the privacy of my own home. That's, there we go. Man, now, let me put it in a brown box for you. Exactly. What's in the box? Great movie. And this is where I do our own shameless plugs. What Bunkle a train podcast. wreck for the first episode. Bunkle God podcast bless. on all the things that are on social media. We're storming the capital. Dademag.com uh, slash Bunkle Podcast. Jurassic if you want to support this thing, Patreon.com slash Bunkle Podcast. I'd like to say I support Larry. For as little as a buck a month, you can support what we're doing Thank here. You. If you pledge enough, you might get a mug. And if you pledge even more... You might get a tote bag. I'd like to say that I don't have a mug. I don't have a mug either. <laughs> I don't have a mug. <laughs> that proves how people, broke we are. Two people in the world have mugs. Thanks, man. And one is, gonna, one is going to have a mug for a while. So shout out to Mabel de Bonsa and Philip Bennett. And also to ooh, ooh. Henry Gomez, who will get a mug if he sticks around long enough on Patreon. I don't know who the fuck Henry is, but you God met bless him here. You. you met him here during the Tyson fight. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was sitting right next to me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry. Henry's a Patreon <laughs> guy now. So shout out to Henry. Love you, Henry. And also shout Henry, out thank to you so uh, much. he's not going to get a mug because uh, of the tier he's in. But shout out to Andy Jumbarba, one of our new oh, patrons. Oh man, Andy, God Andy bless. Jumbarba, and what also Elisa. Thank you to Elisa, who is one of the few people on Patreon who we've never met. She oh, actually yeah? came to us uh, because she was a fan of Vicky and Vanessa's. Listen to that one and has stuck around. I think she might like us more than she likes them by now. I. Don't think that that's possible. Probably not. That's uh, Vicky and Vanessa are much better humans than we are. We got to end this thing. This has gone too well, far. Well, but if you stick around after this, you'll hear you're doing five questions. You haven't five questions. Yet? All right, but it's got to be like a like a rapid fire thing because five questions with you could take a long time. That's accurate. All right. Well, fair. After this, if you're a Patreon person, exclusive to Patreon, there's an extended cut, and you will get Mike's five questions for Larry Carino. No one wants to miss that. No one wants to miss it except. Maybe everybody. So, uh, <laughs> thank you very much. Oh, Goodbye.